Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Tuesday night. Into Wednesday morning. we got a lot of stuff to get to throughout the course of the show tonight. We will get started with Eagles-Cowboys week this uh, uh, this week coming up. Wednesday's really the point where you start looking at next week's game. We'll start getting to Eagles-Cowboys. You know, we won't get too hot and heavy into it tonight. Uh, still a lot of... Um, uh, a lot of a lot of stuff to to get through before we really start evaluating the game, but it's the last time I'm on this week uh, until Sunday night. I'll be on Sunday night uh, following the full day of football, um, and we will make our picks and do everything that night in terms of breaking down the game in further detail. But we got to get to some of our you know Eagles Cowboys hate tonight to really fire the people up. Are you are you fired up for Dallas week, Mike? I mean, y- you don't look like you have that that sort of dog mentality uh, going on here for, for Cowboy Week. I don't think you want a dog mentality for Cowboy Week. What do you mean you don't? Well, of course you do. You no, gotta... no, no. Because you, you, I think we, as the uh, as a fan base, thrive off the, the memories in the past of ah. Cowboy, the past Cowboy Weeks. Good point. Past Cowboy Games. Yes. We don't want to forget those. Good so point. No dog mentality here. Good point. Elephant well, mentality. I wonder if somebody, what, elephants have good memories? Don't they? I don't know. I mean, it doesn't. Maybe I thought, I thought that was a thing. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, you can check on that if you want. I don't, I'm not sure what, what elephants' uh, memories are like, but I wonder if somebody asked Sirianni about that on Wednesday. Like, you talk about dog mentality, Nick, but are you going to you know show guys? I, I could see Sirianni showing, like, old tape of the, of the, the buddy games, you know, <laughs> what was it, the bounty ball, um, you know, some of the great Eagles victories over the Cowboys. Uh, and I'm sure Sirianni will be big on that on Wednesday during his uh, his press conference. Um, yeah, elephants do have good memories. There you go. Nice, nicely done. Elephant Eagle. mentality. There you go. Elephant mentality this week. But we'll get the Eagles Cowboys and uh, do a little topic off that and, and and start looking at this matchup because it is a big early season game for the Eagles and no better way to get a bad taste out of your mouth after a frustrating loss in the home opener Sunday than going down to Dallas in prime time, and knocking off your hated rivals. So we'll get into that a little later on. Um, We'll do our full Week 3 NFL preview, because it is the last time I'll be on before Sunday. So we will have that for you. We have Dave Dave Uram coming up later in the show. Um, We'll get to Ben Simmons as... the report. More reports emerge concerning his immediate future in Philadelphia and whether he'll report to training camp. And this really wasn't on my radar until I thought yesterday, like, wow, training camp's actually starting up pretty soon. Uh, This is the last year where we'll have, like, this really quick turnaround 
with an NBA season. Things go back to more traditional um, of a format next year. But training camp starts next week. And it appears that Ben Simmons will not be reporting and, according to the reports, never intends to suit up for the Philadelphia 76ers again. And we'll get to that later on and the way Ben Simmons is handling this situation, which I feel is absolutely disgraceful. So we will get to that, um, but we will start with the Phillies here as they beat the Orioles 3-2 to in 10 innings on Tuesday night. You know, it took the Phils 10 innings in this one to finish it off, and it had the look of an absolutely infuriating game, and it kind of felt, as you were watching it, like, okay, well, this could be the end of the season. Like, if the Phillies lose this game, it had that sort of feel that they're not they're not going to recover. You know, you lose the first two to Baltimore, maybe they come out and just lay down tomorrow, and they end up getting swept, and then this weekend series with Pittsburgh really wouldn't matter um, all that much. But... Phillies threatened early in this one. Bryce Harper then thrown out trying to stretch a single into a double. I don't know what he was doing there. We'll get sound from Joe Girardi later on talking about Bryce tonight, who had some just really puzzling decisions on the base paths. And maybe it is trying to do too much considering the struggles that this offense has been having. But, you know, you can't make a mistake like that. It was uh, a real rally killer where the Phillies could have gotten on the board and taking an early lead. But Bryce gets gets thrown out. Not the first time this year he's made a questionable decision on the base pass. Um, and that kind of got the Phils into some trouble early. The offense really didn't do anything for a while after that. Phils going with the bullpen game, and that part of things actually went pretty well. Uh, good job by Adonis Medina. He started, got into, what, the fourth inning, um, which... You know, you'll take that. If you could, told me you were going to get three innings from Adonis Medina to start this game, three scoreless innings, you absolutely would have taken it. Um, he pitched very well, but Joe Girardi did, I think, leave him in a batter too long. You know, he hit a guy, walked a guy, Girardi stuck with him, gave up a single, and the Orioles go up one nothing at that point. And, and really, at that point in the game, like I said, you're thinking about... Are the Phillies really going to get shut out again by the Orioles? And and th- this felt like it was on the brink of absolute disaster. That they're not going to get any runs. They're going to get shut out again. But then, with a man on, JT Realmuto gets a-, a double. The first extra base hit the Phillies got since the middle innings on Sunday night. Andrew McCutcheon then comes to the plate and gets a big hit for the Phillies. And it really was a clutch hit, and and you felt like the Phillies really just needed to 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 break the break it open a little bit and get that run and really get things headed back in the right direction offensively. Now stayed one one for a while. Fast forward later on in the game, Bryce Harper on third with one out again. Don't know what he's doing, but a ground ball to second base. Harper uh, 
goes home for some reason. Had absolutely no chance to score. Easily tug out at the plate. Uh, and that rally gets killed for the Phils. Go to the 10th inning. Orioles get a run off Ian Kennedy in the top of the 10th. Remember, they start with the runner on second. And it's 2-1 going into the bottom half. And this was the season right here. You know, Phils lose. They fall four back because the, the Braves did end up winning. Um, you just know that they're not going to really recover from that moving forward. But 2-1 going to the bottom of the inning. They start with the man on second, Odubel Herrera. Smokes one, but right at the shortstop. Um, Therese moves over to third. Then Gene Segura, who's been great this year, with just a, a hideous at-bat in the bottom of the 10th, where he takes a strike, swings it to, uh, I guess they were sliders off the plate, that he had absolutely no chance of hitting. They're nowhere close to being strikes. Um, and the Phils find themselves two outs man on third, Bryce Harper coming to the plate. Obviously, Harper is walked. JT Romuto then comes up, and JT uh, comes up with an absolutely massive hit for the Phillies. Phillies need a hit here from JT. The stretch by the right-hander. Valdez kicks the pitch. Swung on, punched down the right field line. It's got a chance. Santander on the run. He leaps out. He can't get it. It's a base hit. One run is home. Harper's coming around third. They're waving him to the plate. The throw is late. They've won it. Harper slides safely as JT hits one just out of the reach of Santander. And the Phillies come rushing out of the dugout. It's a 3-2 walk-off win. And that's Scott Fransky, Larry Anderson with the call right here on WIP as JT Realmuto wins it. And the Phillies cling to life for another day getting this win. As I said, if they had lost this one... You just felt like this was not going to be a loss that they could recover from. Had difficult losses all year. Had bad losses to bad teams. But with where they are now, this was a game they needed and a game that they needed desperately. So they cling to life. They stay alive. And here we sit. With five games left on this homestand, the Braves win, so the Phils remain three back. And hopefully this win can create some sort of momentum here. Who knows with this team? They're so difficult to predict from day to day. I mean, when you think they're finished, they'll go on a little bit of a run. When you think they're finally getting going, like it appeared they were in New York, you know, they lose a game Sunday night and then a listless effort Tuesday, but hopefully they turn things around or a listless effort Monday. Hopefully they turn things around on Tuesday with this victory. But five left before they head to Atlanta for that critical series starting Tuesday. And, you know, the question I have to start the show is, with these five games left, you got one against Baltimore, you finish this series on Wednesday night, and then four with the Pittsburgh Pirates over the weekend from Thursday through Sunday. How many games do you think the Phillies realistically need to win to give themselves a chance heading to Atlanta. Now, I know we don't know what the Braves are going to do, so that's kind of difficult to to judge, but I think it's probably somewhat realistic to think the Braves have, what, six games because they have to make up one with the Padres as well. So, uh, you know, say the Braves go like four and two or something like that, but regardless, 
How many do you think the Phillies need to win this week to really have a legitimate shot going to Atlanta? Now, make no mistake, I'm not confident. Like, I don't think very highly of this team. Um, heard some of the callers to Jody who, who you know, don't like the negative uh, discussion surrounding the Phillies. I mean, I don't, uh, I'm sorry, I don't see the outlook as rosy as, as some others do. But I believe this team will win three of these next five. You know, I, I I think that's probably, considering what we've seen from them, they're about a 500 team, and I think they'll probably go 3-2. and two. That's not going to be good enough. Like, they need to win at least four and probably all five of these games against these bad teams. But four out of five at an absolute minimum is what the Phillies need to do. Where will they be when they head to Atlanta? You know, how many games do you think they will be back? And what is realistic to hope for going into that series? You know, if they say they're down two and they go to Atlanta, then you could win two or three and be down one going into that final weekend. I mean, I guess that would give you some sort of a realistic shot here. But of these next five, how many do you feel like the Phillies need to win to be in the mix? And the other question that I have for you is, do you even care? Because it is a weird feeling surrounding this team, and I know they've been frustrating, and I think in general not a lot of people think they're very good. But the reality of it, I guess you can really say the reality of what it is, is that the Phillies are, with 12 games to play, in a race here. I mean, they're three games out. They have a legitimate shot to make the playoffs, but it certainly doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel... Like this is the team, a team in the midst of a playoff race. It doesn't feel like this is the end of the season the way it felt back when this team was a true contender. Um, and I want to know whether you are really invested with this team. I mean, they're obviously frustrating, and I'm watching this game when or Tuesday night, and I'm not going to lie to you and say I'm living and dying with every pitch. Like I want them to win, but. You know, it's 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 a little bit of a of a lukewarm feeling to toward this team because you really don't believe, and I think that's kind of the the thought process of most people in this town at this point. But what's your level of interest in the Phillies right now, and how many do you think they need to win out of these next five? Because this is their season right here; they need to put themselves in a position where they are within striking distance going to Atlanta. How many do they need to win against the Orioles and Pirates the next couple days to do just that? 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Got open lines start the show. If you want to get in on Eagles-Cowboys, you want to get in on Ben Simmons, you are welcome to. We will uh, talk about all that stuff throughout the course of the show. But, you know, Figure we'd start with the Phillies, considering they did win the game. They did stay alive for at least the time being. Um, and, you know, I, regardless of what happens, I guess that's a positive, uh, that they are still alive and at least can keep us somewhat interested the next couple days or at least till Wednesday because it really is a day-to-day proposition with this team at this point. 215 If you want to get in tonight, I'm Tom Kelly, Mike Angelina producing right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP.
Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Tuesday night into a Wednesday morning. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494. In a few minutes, we'll let you hear what Joe Girardi had to say after this one. Uh, Joe was pretty fired up about this win over the worst team in baseball. And I, I mean, it's... You know, it's fine. I get him being excited over a victory. It's a big one in terms of you needing to keep your season alive. But, uh, I mean, calm down a little bit there, Joey G. I mean, it's uh, you're playing the Orioles. These are games you're supposed to win. And, you know, spare us with the um, how hard we fight. And, uh, you know, this is a team that never quits. I mean, these are games you're supposed to win. These are games you need to win. And that game shouldn't have been as close as it was, and then these are games the Phillies need to take care of. And I know it's crazy, and I know, like, I'm not going to lie to you, like, sometimes I feel like an idiot even talking about it uh, as in in the terms that we are, because, like, it just, it doesn't feel like this team's really in a playoff race. Like, they are, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's going to happen, um, but they do have a legit shot if they can just put it together for a week and a half, you know, and before we even get to next week, just five games. Can you win four out of five? Because I think if the Phillies win four out of five, they will put themselves in a position to go to Atlanta with a shot. And that's that's what you need to do. I mean, let's face it. And you go to Atlanta and you got a shot then we can watch that series and be excited and, and and really be watching it like we used to watch the Phillies down the stretch. Um, but you need to take care of business this week and, uh, you know, and put yourself in that position to have a shot when you go to Atlanta. because And it would be embarrassing. Like, with the way this division has been, if the Phillies go down to Atlanta and they are not, in the race or they're four back, it would be extremely frustrating and it would be embarrassing. Um, need to find a way to put it together this week. How many do the Phillies need to win to give themselves a chance? And do you think they're capable of doing it? Uh, even against some of the worst teams in baseball, it shouldn't be a question. Unfortunately it is two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Also have an Eagles Cowboys related uh, topic. I want to throw out there. We'll do that in a minute. First, let's go to Neil in Belleville. What's up, Neil? Nice to talk with you again. Thanks for taking my call. How are we doing? No problem. What's up, Neil? How are you doing? Doing well. Um, you know, the thing with the Phillies, they think at the end of the day, they really are just a 500 team. You know, they don't have a consistent starting rotation. The bullpen has been a mess. Girardi has made some very bad decisions this year. And if you sort of add up all of that, you know, and the nature of baseball, we're really a 500 team. I think the real story in regards to the Phillies is that the Mets have dramatically underperformed, and we're supposed to be a lot better than they are. And Atlanta is not as good as, you know, they also lost, you know, uh, Ron Cooney Jr. to injury. But I think both of those teams have been so underwhelming that it puts the Phillies in a better light. Because if they were playing, you know, what we thought they'd be, you know, I thought the Mets would win, you know, 90, 88 to 90 games, and the Braves as well. So I think the fact that they've underperformed um, and have been underwhelming kind of puts the Phillies up a little bit. What do you think? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, and Neil, that's I, I really the thing that's kept the Phillies in the race. I mean, if the if the Mets or the Braves or even the Nats 
played up to the level that they were supposed to, the Phillies wouldn't wouldn't even be in the race right now. Yeah, and and you know if if, if the Phillies do make the playoffs, I mean, I mean, let, let me put it to you this way: if you took Bryce Harper out, right? And you put in a genetic right fielder with the average statistics of all right fielders, let's say a 250 average and so forth, we'd be 25 to 30 games under 500. I mean, Bryce Harper now is finally justified that contract with the way he's been playing. I mean, he is the MVP. If they make the playoffs, to me, he's the MVP of the National League. And, and he would, because he literally will have willed his way at what great players are supposed to do get teams over the hump, you carry a team seven to 10 games. I mean, if he drags his kicking and screaming in the playoffs, so be it. But that's why you pay someone like Harper, you know, twenty-five, you know, thirteen years and three hundred twenty-five million. Real quick on the Cowboys and Eagles, um, I think it's going to be a really close game either way. I think it's a field goal either way. The thing that worries me though is the Cowboys finally have a linebacker in Micah Parsons, who, if you saw last week, what I mean, he is already wreaking havoc on a defense that isn't really that good overall. But he had two sacks last week. I think that that to me is going to be the biggest issue is, is can they, because look, the Eagles you know, don't have a lot of great linebackers. You know, the Cowboys on the whole have a great defense, but you know, Micah Parsons looks like a star. And I think you might have to actually contain him as, as, as a primary part of your strategy to, to beat the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I got to see more from Neil. I mean, a rookie uh, coming in and, and and we'll see what kind of impact he has. Certainly did have a big play last week. Um, even though it was a bad call in that uh, that game against the Chargers, but right, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think without the Marcus Lawrence, that's a significant injury for Dallas, and that's going to help the Eagles offensively. Uh, but yeah, Parsons is a guy they're going to have to count for, no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, I would say twenty-seven, twenty-four, either way. I mean, I, Dallas you know, Eagles and Cowboys are usually close. I mean, the only one more thing in the Eagles, just something that kind of bugged me a little bit. Um, does it bother you personally or, or even worry at all that every major sort of talking head is inflating Jalen Hurts to be the second coming of, I mean, I've heard a lot of talking as talk about it, like he's a poor man's Lamar Jackson and, and, and they're like puffing him up so much. And it seems like if he doesn't meet these sort of, ex, you know, out, outrageous expectations that he's somehow a failure and I and, and like this is the guy's first rookie camp in his first year, and I guess my question is this: at the end of the year, obviously, would you want to see the development of the quarterback from where he is now to the end of the year? But by the by next year, what should we expect Jalen Hurts to be a where should be a top fifteen quarterback? Should he be what? What exactly is the growth that we need to see from him besides wins and losses? Well, Neil, and I I appreciate the call, man. Thanks a lot. I don't know. I don't know what to expect from him at this point, and I think that's what this year is about. This year is about finding out what Jalen Hurts is. Because, I, I mean, I don't think anybody still really knows what he's going to be as a quarterback long-term. I personally, I don't know. I haven't heard this, you know, Jalen Hurts nationally being, uh, you know, overly, overly praised here. Mike points out to me on the screen, like, he didn't even make Chris Sims' top 40 quarterback list. So, if anything... I think Jalen Hurts has been a little disrespected in the offseason. Now, uh, you know, that's what the season is about, is finding out whether he can be your quarterback. Now, the initial results, I think, have been pretty good. I've been impressed with Jalen Hurts. I was impressed with Jalen Hurts at the end of last year, and I've been very impressed with him the first two weeks of this year. I thought, obviously, he played great against Atlanta, and I thought he played very well last week against San Francisco. Like, certainly, some things could be cleaned up, 
But Jalen Hurts was fine in that game. Like, he was not the reason or really even one of the reasons uh, that the Eagles lost to San Francisco last week. So every week we're going to learn more about Jalen Hurts. And I don't know, like, I I could see a scenario where at the end of the year we think this guy could be a top 10-ish quarterback in the league as he continues to develop, or we could view it as, Jalen Hurts can't be a starter in this league, and and only time will tell. And and I mean, I don't know any better than anybody else um, what he's going to be, or really to project that until we get more information. And the only way we're going to get more information is to continue seeing him out there and continue seeing him in real live game action. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to get in, I did want to throw out an Eagles Cowboys topic here uh, that I want to get your take on because. We, we kind of batted around last night, like what Eagles Cowboys uh, thing should we talk about tonight? You know, most hated Cowboys players. Uh, that that that's that's been done enough. We don't need to do that. Um, but this is obviously a very storied rivalry that goes back decades and goes back generations. But I want to know tonight: what are your favorite Eagles Cowboys games that took place in Dallas? Because for some reason, I feel like most of the Eagles-Cowboys memorable games are the ones that took place down in Dallas more than the ones that take place here. So if, if you want to get in on that, uh, I want your memories of Eagles-Cowboys in Dallas and your favorite games uh, from there. And we'll talk about them a little bit when you call in and uh, and, and go over them a little bit. But uh, that that's that's something I wanted to throw out there. Your favorite Eagles Cowboys memories uh, from games when they're playing down in in Dallas. I think uh, there are certainly a lot of them that we can look at. A lot of memorable ones over the years um, that we can relive throughout the course of the show tonight. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to uh, join the show, but. Uh, to get back to the Phillies for a second here, and we'll play Joe Girardi in a second. Um, but first, like I, I'm confused as you look at the tenth inning, and Bryce Harper gets intentionally walked. Why did the Orioles pitch to JT Realmuto in that spot? Like I understand you don't want to load the bases, and then you know you're in a situation where a walk forces in the game tying run. But who would you rather pitch to up a run with two outs? JT Real Muto or Nappy? I mean, Nappy's on deck. Did that surprise you at all, Mike? That uh, Bra- Brandon Hyde is the name? Brendan, Brandon? Brendan? Brendan. Okay. By the way, did you see that video of him last week, like going nuts on Robbie Ray? No. Robbie what Ray's, did Robbie Ray do? I don't know. Nothing. Great. As far as I, uh, as I saw, nothing. Robbie Ray's on the mound, and Hyde is just like cursing him out from the Orioles dugout. It was very odd. Hmm. I'll see if maybe John Boy did a breakdown. Who's John Boy? He's the guy that does all the uh, the baseball breakdowns on YouTube. I've never heard of John Boy. Like the ejections and stuff? I don't... I, oh, it's great stuff. Oh, okay. Is John Boy an account I should be following? Yeah. Okay. Um, but were you at all surprised that they went after JT and didn't, uh, didn't walk him to get the nappy there? Mildly surprised. I mean, I guess they're playing it by the book because you don't want to put the, the tie and run on second. I guess that was the thought process. Yeah. O- only defense I can think of. And I guess, too, um, you know, Harper did have a couple chances to take second, which then would the Phillies would be inviting them to walk JT, 
and the Phillies elected not to do that. Right. So I guess it shows the Phillies, like the Orioles thought more of Nappy than the Phillies did. Right. No, the Phillies, yeah, the Phillies, I'm sure were, were very happy that they sent JT up there. And JT, I think, kind of knew he needed to get something done because the pitchy swung at was not a strike. It was clearly off the plate. So actually, it's interesting. He actually was on a uh, MLB network after the game, and they asked him what his approach was. And he said, ah, you know, I kind of figured they weren't going to throw me anything to hit. And then the first pitch was a pretty hittable pitch. So I threw that out the window and, you know, uh, the one he was looking for a changeup and got some off the plate. And that's what he, you know, did with it. Yeah, because Hyde had gone to the mound. And I think that was the conversation was pretty much like, don't give this guy anything to hit, which if that's going to be your approach, why don't you just walk him? So I guess the first pitch was just a giant mistake. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because it was on the outer, on the outer half and, and the hittable pitch that, that he didn't swing at, but they go, they, they go after JT and JT is able to get, um, that hit the right to win it for the Phillies. And obviously a game that they needed and they needed desperately. If the Phillies had lost tonight, let's face it, this thing was over. Like they were not going to, to, to mount any sort of a rally this week or for the rest of the season. Like, if you f- lose this game, you lose the series of the Orioles, you fall four back, I, I, I think it really would have been uh, finished tonight. But uh, Joe Girardi spoke after the game, and Joe seemed pretty excited about this win. Here's Joe Girardi uh, on what he saw from his team in this one. Just an outstanding job of, of you know, staying back on that changeup. I mean, that's his pitch, and he's got a changeup that goes both ways. And, just out of the reach of the right fielder and Hart, you know, busting his butt to, to score. Um, guys, again, never quit. Um, we didn't do a whole lot offensively, but we got great pitching. Adonis Medina did an outstanding job. Bullpen came in and did a great job. Um, a lot of good things happened in this game. I mean, a lot of good things in a game that took you through uh, 10 innings to beat the Orioles 3-2, to two, but – uh, they get the win, and I guess give them credit for that. Here's more from Girardi on uh, that being all that matters. I think all of us would like to score more, um, but it didn't happen, um, and we found a way to get it done. That's all that really matters. You know, I, I don't think that you can get so caught up in what happens as long as you find a way to win the game right now. I mean, that's the most important thing, and that's what we were able to do. So uh, the Phils get the win. And they keep pace with the Braves, who, as I told you, won in Arizona, and they remain three back. But some really questionable base running from Bryce Harper in this game. Now, I I know, you know, criticizing getting on Bryce Harper right now is a little ridiculous, considering what he's done for this team and the fact that without Bryce Harper, you're not even still in the mix right now. But um, really weird decisions from Harper in this one, and especially in the eighth inning, where he's on third base with one out, ground ball with the infield in, and he kind of like hesitates and then goes to the plate. He's out by a mile. Here was Girardi on uh, what exactly the play was there and why Bryce went. I gave him a read. Um, it's a read play. And if he thinks he can make it, I'm not going to take it away. I'm, you know, I, I'm a big guy that believes in trusting a player's instincts. Um that I trust. And, and if you got it, cause I don't want to get stuck in the situation where a guy hits a high chopper and you don't go because it's not through the infield. Okay. Well, that's not what that was. That was a, like a, a decently hard hit ground ball 
right to second base. Like, it's okay to say he shouldn't have, have gone there. Here's more from Girardi on uh, whether he thinks Bryce made the right decision. It looked like he broke back. Was that I didn't what see you saw? That. I didn't okay. see that, no. Did he make the proper read going there? Um, you know, it's tough. Um, you know, hindsight's, you know, twenty twenty always, right? But we won the game, and that's all that matters. There you go. I mean, you won the game. That's all that matters. That's uh, that's some people's some people's mindset uh, in regards to to baseball and Joe Girardi. And you know, Joe obviously shares that mindset. You win the game. That's all that matters, Mike. Dog mentality. Move on. Move on tomorrow. <laughs> that is dog mentality. It's you know, can't argue with the results, as some say. Uh, the, the Phillies should get those dog mentality shirts. They should institute dog mentality for the next week and a half here. Do you think that would work out for them or no? Um, yeah, I, I think it would. Well, yeah, because then they won't go into games too tired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but uh, Bryce also tried for a double earlier on, and this one really hurt the Phillies. They could have taken a lead early. Here was uh, Girardi on that play. Yeah, just trying to do too much. Um, that's all. It's just him trying to do a little bit too much. But – I, I'll take that than being passive and, and not running the bases hard because his running the bases hard has created some runs for us this week. And I mean, Bryce has been great and not to get on him. I mean, he, he, I think he's the MVP, whether the Phillies make the playoffs or not, even if they don't get in, uh, in my mind, he deserves to be the MVP with what he's done since the all-star break, but he's got to be smarter on the base paths. I mean, we're having a very different conversation if the Phillies lose this game tonight. I mean, let's be honest about it. Um, they're fortunate they won because, like, Girardi talks about they did a lot of good things. They also made a lot of mistakes, and you can't you can't be making mistakes like this at this point in the year. And I I know, I like, I, I, I don't know, I kind of feel dumb still talking about this team like they are a playoff team because it just doesn't feel like it, and it doesn't, I don't know, like, it doesn't feel like people really are all that are all that interested. And I think that really goes back to just a, a lack of belief in this team. Um, but three out with, what, 11 to play? Uh, you, you have a shot, but they got to win these games this week, bottom line. And they have a chance to change the thinking and how this team has been viewed for this season. They have a chance to change it all around in the next few days. Do you think they can do it? Can they win four or five? I think that's legitimately uh, what they need to do. Winning all five obviously would be preferable. Uh, The odds of that happening aren't great, but can they win four or five against bad teams at home the rest of the week before they head to Atlanta? 215-592-9494. If you want to get in, when we get back, I do not have a social media gripe, but I do have a gripe of a different nature that we'll get to. And Mike, you also have a gripe. Is that correct? You uh, alerted me to a, a, a gripe of yours uh, a little earlier on. So we'll need to get this gripe from you. Yeah. Saying I've heard, uh, you know, colleagues of ours say for, you know, every year I've worked at WIP here and it just hit, it, you know, it's been building up for a while, how much I've, I'm annoyed at the saying and it just hit me in a night and I snapped at you. Sounds good. Yeah. And, and we'll also, I, I do want to get a little more into Eagles Cowboys and we will hear from a prominent figure in the Eagles-Cowboys rivalry coming up, uh, given his thoughts on the game. So uh, we'll have that coming up next. 215-592-9494. If you want to get in, I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. 
Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Tuesday night into a Wednesday morning. Uh, 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Um, Mike, I saw your boy J.J. Redick retired on Tuesday. Does that uh, upset you? I know you were a big uh, J.J. fan uh, during his time in Philadelphia. Yeah, you know, really wanted him here, and then ultimately was pretty disappointed, like, how I just didn't like him. Just didn't like him as a guy. and I don't know. Um, yeah, a nice career, though. Very nice career. Obviously, um, you know, one of the best college players ever, and very nice NBA career, so, you know. Yeah, I think go uh, go you know do podcasts, JJ. Yeah, him and Tommy can uh, do their. Yeah, do he their and Tommy podcast break, and he, break it down. Yeah, and he can focus on focus on that and getting in Twitter wars with with Spike online. Um, isn't that isn't that a thing where he and Spike have a rivalry a little bit? Yeah, I forget where it all traces back. I, yeah. I think that was a pandemic rivalry too. Gotcha. So that you know kind of. Maybe it's dead. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, but I do have a uh, a gripe that a couple gripes. No, no social media gripes. I, I guess I haven't been I haven't been on online enough lately or as much uh, to get my my normal gripes in. Um, but uh, one gripe that I do have is seen something egregious over the last couple of days, and I hate throwback uniforms that just don't fit and what the red Sox have been wearing for the last few days like are just terrible well they're not throwbacks though they're not what are they they're city edition jerseys oh so that's even worse I mean, I thought these were like, I thought it was like a situation. This throwback to 1975. Well, like, remember when the Eagles wore those weird yellow and blue uniforms? What was that? At this point, that was like 14 years ago when they were playing the Lions. Sure, in 14. That was. I that, mean, uh, yeah, no, seven. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's like they were, they were horrible. And I don't know, like the Red Sox should not be wearing yellow and blue uniforms. It just I looks agree. terrible. I agree. They're, I just wanted to point out that they're not throwbacks. Okay. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to come after you there i'm just uh, worked up about these uniforms this has really um been bothering me uh but you had a gripe as well mike what was your gripe today what do you think of the expression um when you're disappointed in somebody or a you know a player or whatever like let's say for example joe girardi is disappointed with bryce harper and his base running and the saying could be said joe girardi had to call bryce harper out on the carpet what do you do? You have any thoughts on that? Like, uh, what phrase? Does, is that is that something you use? Do you hear friends of yours say? Like, what do you think of that? I hear the saying uh, frequently, but I would agree with you. Like, I don't understand where it came from, and I don't understand how it applies. Like, calling somebody out on the carpet. Right. Wh- why are you calling them out on the carpet? So you have to basically goes back to uh, over a hundred years ago. You would have to like a. Imagine a rich man who's a superior and, you know, an employee or somebody inferior to him. He wants to yell at them or scold them. He has to call them onto the carpet because if you have a carpet, that's a status thing. And you, you know, they're standing on your carpet and you have to, you know, bark at them and yell at them or tell them what they did wrong. So this, that's actually where it came from. Yeah. That was kind of what I imagined it meant. And then I just kind of filled in the, I filled in the details with a little research. Still doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. 
Like, uh, you know, I don't know why you, you have to place them on a carpet. It seems a little a little demeaning, certainly. Well, yeah, right. It's, but that's kind of like your court. And how'd this came, come up? This came up because a caller had called Jody and, and talked about calling calling somebody out on the carpet? Uh, I won't say if it was the caller or, the, or uh, Jody, but oh, okay. it, uh, it was said on... It was said on WIP, and it's been said before by different hosts. So it's not just uh, this caller or, or host or whoever this guy or girl who said it was. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's that's a good gripe, and I got yeah, I got to come better with the social media gripes. I promise I will have one Sunday night when I'm in. Uh, so I'll, I'll have one then uh, to to throw out there. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. But uh, as we look at this Eagles Cowboys game. Uh, this is going to be a real test for the Eagles, um, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And I'm really interested to see how they match up. And I'm excited uh, for this game, obviously not just because of the Cowboys, not just because it's a big divisional game, but I'm interested to see how they respond from a loss. You know, that's a, a disappointing effort on Sunday in a game that you could win where you lost two of your more significant players, not just on the field, but in the locker room. And I'm interested to see how the Eagles respond. And, you know, when I look at this game, I'm not really worried about the offense. Like, I know there is some concern about the offense following that performance. They really don't score a lot of points at all. I mean, you score 11, you only have three points before the final uh, drive offensively of the game. But I have thought the offense moved the ball fine. And I'm not worried about Nick Sirianni. I'm not worried about the play calling long term. I think the offense is going to be okay. Um, and I think they'll be able to do some things against this Dallas defense. I mean, Dallas' defense played pretty well against the Chargers on Sunday. But I, I see some things where the Eagles should be able to move the ball and should be able to score points here. So I'm not all that concerned about that. Um as far as the defense goes, though, this is where I think this is going to be uh, a real challenge for uh, the Eagles. And my big question is about whether they can cover these Dallas receivers. Because even without Michael Gallup, they get a break there. Gallup will be out. Amari Cooper left Sunday's game with a rib injury. He's questionable. My guess would be Amari Cooper plays. It seems like it's trending in that direction. And... You know, with Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Dak, who, you know, Dak is a very good quarterback. I think we can all say that at this point. That's what this game's going to come down to to me. Like, I'm not worried about the Eagles scoring points. As I said, they're going to have a distinct advantage up front. And when they have that advantage on the lines, especially their offensive line versus the opponent's defensive line, they'll be successful. You saw it against Atlanta week one. Uh, the big difference in week two is San Francisco is one of the only teams in the league with a defensive line that can adequately match up with the Eagles' offensive line. Now, obviously, Brandon Brooks going out. You put in Landon Dickerson, and he's going to have to play at a high level to replace Brooks. I think he'll do that. Like, I'm not all that worried about uh, Landon Dickerson and about the offense. But the defense against Dallas, this is going to be a big test. And the defense has been very good so far this year. Even last week against San Francisco, I thought the defense played played great in that game for the most part. In the second half, they had some trouble getting off the field. Um, but I've I've liked what I've seen from this defense. I've liked what I've seen from Jonathan Gannon, and I believe the Eagles 
are, are going to be able to score points. And I think this is going to be a situation where can the defense uh, stop Dallas's passing game? If they can, if they can limit them, you know, not completely stop them, but if they can, if they can contain the Cowboys in the pass game, I think the Eagles match up very well this week. And, uh, you know, I'm leaning toward the Eagles at this point, but I want to know, how do you think the Eagles match up? And are you concerned about the offense after that performance on Sunday? You know, I'm, I'm going to chalk it up this week to a bad game. Sirianni had a bad day. They were going up against a good defense. Um, and I don't have these massive concerns about the offense. I know a lot of people do, but how concerned are you about the Eagles offense after uh, the way they played against San Fran last week? 215-592-9494. But I did want to get some quick sound real quick from Donovan McNabb, who is joining John Marks and Ike Reese every Monday. And he talked a little bit uh, about the Eagles. First, here was Donovan on you know how he feels after seeing this team the first two weeks of the year. I'm kind of encouraged. And I came into this thing with an open mind. And I think a lot of people, you know, they kind of came in like, oh, we got a new coach. You know, we, you know, Carson's gone and Jalen's our guy. You know, because it took him a while to even say Jalen was the starting quarterback, which we all knew he was starting starting quarterback i knew at some point that it was going to kind of kind of be in this direction where we are after game two and it's going to be like this i think for at least a couple games this season but i'm encouraged by what i'm seeing i'm seeing at least a football team that's fighting yeah and i think there are a lot of reasons to be encouraged and and, uh you know it's been uh certainly week one was great week two not so much but there are a lot of uh, certainly more positive than negatives as far as I see it. Here's one more from Donovan on how he sees the Eagles offense potentially matching up with this Dallas defense. There are a lot of holes in this defense that we're going to have to attack from the run game, from the screen game. I think we have a great mismatch when Michael Parsons play at defensive end with our tight ends versus their linebackers. I see that matchup being something that we can take full advantage of. And so if we just stay consistent and be able to convert on third downs to keep the chains moving, we got a great chance of winning this game. And I think that's a good way to look at it. I think the offense is going to be fine. I think the Eagles should be able to move the ball uh, effectively in this game. Uh, certainly, I think they more than the tight ends, they really need to involve the Devontae Smith more. I mean, he is your best offensive player. Um, maybe aside from Miles Sanders, and they need to find a way to get the ball in his hands. But I think the Eagles are going to be able to do things offensively. Um, in my mind, this is going to come down to the defense. Can they contain that Dallas passing attack? If they can do that reasonably well, I think the Eagles have a, a really good good opportunity to win this game on Monday night. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. When we get back, yes, I've waited long enough. We will get to Ben Simmons and this developing situation regarding him. We'll do that when we get back. See, Adrian, Mike, Greg, we'll get to all you guys when we return. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WI. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly. If you're going down to the Phillies tomorrow night, make sure you get there nice and early. Get to watch a little uh, celebrity wiffle ball action with, uh, of course, Jack is is involved in this. Uh, who else is playing? Is Joe DeCamera, Joe and Jack are uh, are getting are getting to play in this wiffle ball game? Yeah, I, th- I think Joe DeCamera is on the bill. Yeah. What about us? Why don't we get it? You know, I guess we're not big shots enough to get asked to go down and play a little wiffle ball. 
I don't. I really do believe there's a chance I'm the best wiffle ball player on the Wow, staff. that's a bold proclamation. I, I I probably play the most. Probably have the most wiffle ball tool. I don't think I've ever played a, a sport with you, Mike. I don't know if I've ever. Uh, I don't think I have. Oh, no, I don't think we've even played like beer pong together. Yeah, I'm, su- I'm surprised we never uh, got a little run in uh, the Drexel gym when we were both living over that way. A little, uh, a little basketball. We would be uh, passing each other, like one going in, one going out, but not right. Yeah, I had, uh, yeah, I, I had gotten a membership there when I when I lived around that area. I used to play a little bit with my uh, brother-in-law who went to Drexel at the time and his his friends, and I I was always like one of the worst guys you know my 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 height make it limits mm. the things i can do on the floor i'll I'll say that but you know i try I, i'm a scrappy defender that's kind of what i what i bring to the table um but yeah make sure you get down there nice and early and you heckle please heckle jack if you're going to the game you know heckle him when he comes to the plate um because fans have got to be in the stands for this right i mean that yeah. there wouldn't be a point to doing it if it's an empty stadium so with the phillies win tonight jody mack will be there Jody was. Oh, uh, yeah. Is Jody actually going to go? I forgot to follow up with him on that. Well, remember his only condition was the Phillies have to win Tuesday. Right, but then he didn't bring it up on his show tonight. So I don't know. Maybe Jody's trying to weasel out and and isn't going to go to that game. But uh, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll I'll get there early. I have to leave early, so I'll get there early. Oh, you're going you're going to the park to watch tomorrow. I, night. I, I like taking down the Wheeler games. Okay. All right. Well. Uh. Yeah. Report. Report back. Uh. Give. Make sure you give a report on Janssen's show tomorrow night. Actually, I don't know if I, t- I went to the game Friday in New York to see Wheeler. Wow. <laughs> what if you just traveled around uh, to watch Zach Wheeler pitch? Are you going to go down to Atlanta no. next week for that start? Uh, no. What, that would have to, I would Tuesday. have to, like, right after taking down the Monday night game, I have to go there. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah. not happening. Though. Yeah. So uh, make sure you, if you're basically for down there tomorrow night, heckle Jack. Uh, down at at the ballpark. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. We'll get back to the phones in a second. Uh, but I do need to update you on what's going on with Ben Simmons. And uh, this was reported on Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, whenever. Woj sent out the tweet about Ben Simmons not reporting to training camp. Here was Woj's report last night on ESPN uh, about where the Ben Simmons situation with the Sixers currently stands. David, Ben Simmons not only will not report for the start of the Sixers training camp next week, he intends to never play another game for the franchise. Now, he told that to ownership management in a meeting in late August. He has not had any direct communication with the organization since uh, but he understands there are financial ramifications of this, potential suspensions, fines, and perhaps even the withholding of salary. He's owed $33 million next season. But right now, Ben Simmons is willing to sit until he gets a trade out of Philadelphia. The Sixers have yet to find a deal that they're willing to do. They want Ben Simmons in camp. They want him to start the season with Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers. They'd like to see his trade value improve and then find a deal out in the marketplace. But right now, if Philly's going to find a trade for Ben Simmons, they're going to do it with him on the sidelines because his intention now is to not play another game for that organization. So Ben Simmons, uh, uh, we know he wanted to trade, so he doesn't intend to ever suit up for the 76ers again, isn't going to come to training camp, and basically wants nothing to do. 
with the team. And I mean, this is an absolute disgrace in every way. And let's just go back over the Ben Simmons timeline here. Like, I really want to go back through this and look at it as all this has gone down. So Ben Simmons gets drafted by the Sixers organization. They proceed over the course of the last five years to cater to him in pretty much every way they possibly could. They don't make him improve his weaknesses. They failed in that regard. You know, they they don't push him to get better because God knows he's not going to push on his own to get better. They baby him every step of the way. When they finally do try to get him to improve, he pushes back, uh, is, is, you know, completely resistant to changing his game, completely resistant to improving his game. Brett Brown wants him to shoot threes. Joel Embiid wants him to shoot threes. He doesn't do it. Jimmy Butler doesn't come back. Part of that dealing with Ben Simmons and the fact that they both wanted to play on the ball. So Butler doesn't come back, and at least part for that reason. Um, And B changes his game for Ben Simmons. He starts shooting from the outside more because they need to space the floor somehow because your point guard won't shoot. They make moves to help Simmons. They try to surround him with shooting, and we need shooters because Ben won't shoot. So they do things to work around his game and to cater to Ben and cater to the way Ben plays. They kiss his ass in the media constantly. We saw Doc Rivers for a year fawn over Ben Simmons every single freaking night so Ben wouldn't have his feelings hurt, so Ben wouldn't get upset. The fans support him irrationally. A completely irrationally to the point in the playoffs where he's getting fouled intentionally. He's going to the line, missing free throws, and he's not getting booed. People are trying to encourage him. Game five is this team is, is you know, blowing a 26-point lead because Ben Simmons can't make a freaking free throw. And they are cheering him. They are supporting him. They are, are, are irrationally trying to stay with this guy. And the moment things take a turn after a playoff series where he failed, okay, let's face it, he failed this team, he let his team down and disappeared because he couldn't hide anymore. He could always hide from shooting. He didn't have to shoot threes because he didn't feel like it. He didn't have to shoot jumpers because he didn't feel like it. And when he started getting fouled and he had to go to the free throw line and he couldn't hide anymore, Things got tough, and he cowered away, and he, you know, failed his teammates. And at that first hint of adversity, he wants to run away. Because he can't handle a little bit of honesty from Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid for the first time ever. The first things that they said honestly about Ben Simmons all season long were after that Game 7. After kissing his ass all year. A guy who's had his ass kissed from the minute he started playing basketball. And he gets a little bit of honesty from his head coach about, yeah, I don't know if we can win with him playing the way that he plays. That he needs to improve. And Joel Embiid saying, yeah, the game turned when Ben wouldn't take a dunk. And the second he gets a little bit of honesty, he can't take it. And now he wants to run away. And he blew it, and they all knew it. 
I mean, everybody in the Sixers locker room knows that Ben Simmons is the reason they lost that series more than any other. And Simmons knows it. And that's why he doesn't want to come back. Because he's too much of a coward to go back in that locker room to look his teammates in the face, and he's too afraid to try to get better. And this has always been Ben Simmons' issue, and I don't care whether he plays here, I don't care where he goes. It's never going to change because he is so afraid of failure. He is so afraid of being embarrassed. that That's what he cares about above anything else. More than the team, more than his teammates. He cares about himself. And I'll apologize to everybody I've argued with about Ben Simmons over the years. Paul Jolovitz, Howard Eskin, not not you. You're the but one. You for, argue with me all the time. Right, but but I'm talking about pre my turn on Ben Simmons, my heel turn. Oh, uh, when was that? Uh, after the game seven against Atlanta. No, you were ripping him before that. Uh, well, during the playoffs when he couldn't make free throws, sure. Okay. But prior to that, uh, you know, everybody I, I supported him for a long time. I was wrong. I was wrong. You all were right. Ben Simmons is selfish. He's a baby. He's a coward. And you know what? I I I don't like I don't even know what the Sixers can do at this point. And I don't know what Ben Simmons thinks is going to happen. And you know, here's more from Adrian Wojnarowski talking about the Sixers asking price and what they want from Ben Simmons right now. Well, They've asked for a lot, and they've asked for a steep return. It is hard to trade a star player when you are a contender because you are trying to get back the pieces that allow you to continue to keep winning now. They did not. The offers that were in the marketplace just didn't meet the threshold of what Daryl Morey, Doc Rivers want in Philly. And so now there's a standoff, and uh, perhaps it takes the season to start, a team or two to start struggling and saying, We've got to go be more aggressive in our offer. But Philly just looked at the offers and said, let's see what we can get during the season. But Ben Simmons is not willing to report. He's not willing to go in. And right now, he's not willing to play another game for the Sixers. So this is a team in Philly that has championship aspirations. They were the one seed in the East last year. And certainly, they are diminished without Ben Simmons on the court. Fine, let him sit. I mean, seriously, you look at this situation, and he's upset that he's mentioned trade rumors. That was another report. He was upset that that they were trying to trade him for Harden. Boo-hoo. I mean, sports are a business. We hear it from athletes all the time. It's a business on both sides. You were in trade rumors. They almost dealt you. It didn't happen. I mean, uh, boo-hoo, Ben. Seriously, you're untradeable. And, and this is what he doesn't understand right now is that nobody wants you. That's why you're not traded. If the Sixers could trade you, they would have traded you already. But your value has plummeted so much because of your lack of getting better, because of your refusal to improve your game. That's why your value has dropped off. That's why you haven't gotten traded. It's not due to the Sixers' lack of effort. Daryl Morey's been on the phone trying to trade him all offseason long. And you know what? If he wants to sit at home and he wants to, to, to be a child about this, then fine. Sit at home because eventually he'll come play. I mean, he's not going to sit out forever. And if he wants to retire, let him, let him friggin' retire. But I am so sick of this guy. And, and I just, 
I, I can't believe that he is playing the victim in this situation where you're the reason your team lost. You failed your teammates, and not just in that series, but before that series, because of your refusal to get better when everybody told you you needed to. You were the one who decided, no, I'm fine, I'm an all-star. I'm fine the way I am, I don't need to change. You want out? The only way for Ben Simmons to get out is to come back and play well, and once his value ascends, the Sixers will trade him. But Daryl Morey should not give in. He should not trade him for a package that is not, uh, you know, that is not worth it. And if Ben Simmons wants to sit home, let him sit home. Let him sit home and let him give away money and let him, uh, you know, let him look like the child that he is. But this guy's a disgrace. He's a complete embarrassment. And he's honestly uh, maybe the biggest coward to ever come through this town. It's truly pathetic the way Ben Simmons failed this team and the way he's handled it in the wake of that failure it is nothing short of pathetic. It's the perfect word to describe it. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Want your thoughts on the Ben Simmons situation, but it really is. It really is disgraceful, and the Sixers shouldn't give in. They shouldn't. Let him sit at home. Let him let him cry. Let him pout, and that's fine. If he wants to waste away his career at home, fine. Go ahead. Let's go to Adrian. What's up, Adrian? <laughs> the Tom can the Tom Kelly rant on Ben Simmons. <laughs> well, Adrian, have you have you changed your mind now? You know, on Ben, or are you still a Ben supporter? I look at it. This this is how I look at it. I look at it that Doc Rivers. Got out coached in 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 the playoffs. I mean, got killed out coached in the playoffs. I think Maury. I think this Maury hasn't done anything since he's been here. He hasn't done anything, but make things worse. Since Doc Rivers and, and, and Maury came on board, they made things worse. Now look at the situation we're in. We might lose a generational player and don't get nothing. Uh, Adrian, back Adrian, stop, stop, even a contender. stop with the generational players. So, so it's more excuses for Ben. That's what we're doing here. Like, no, I'm just w- saying. No, no, no. What I'm saying is this. I mean, with Ben Simmons, we the best in the East. Without Ben Simmons, what are we? Adrian, they're clearly not the best in the East. They lost in the playoffs last year. They're not the best in the East. What are you talking about? Well, we was the number one seed in the East during a regular season with Ben Simmons. We take him off of this team and don't replace him with uh, an adequate replacement. What are we? They're going to continue losing in the playoffs. No, we're not even going to be a contender, though. So I just think that when they throw him under the bus, they shouldn't have. Adrian, they did nothing but support him for five years. What are you talking about? No, no, no. Listen to me. I'm with trading him, but it's a way that you do things. They did things horribly. When Doc Rivers was asked, the question they should have asked was, Doc Rivers, do, do, do you think that you can actually be an NBA championship coach with the Philadelphia 76ers? That's what they should have asked. But they, they threw it on Ben. And he, as a coach, you're not supposed to throw your players under the bus if you're trying to get rid of them. They should have just lied like they usually lie. Lie like they usually lie because Ben just needs to be constantly inflated. They need to constantly commend him and constantly, like, what about, the guy can't handle a little bit of criticism for once? No. Look. They didn't give Embiid no criticism when he didn't score in the whole second half of one of them games in that series. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't criticize Embiid when he was eating all that Chick Fil A the, the, the series prior to. So I, 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 I kind of 
feel where Ben is coming from. Like, I mean, God. if they wanted to throw him under the bus, they could have did it in-house. They didn't have to throw him under the bus in front of a national t- television audience. And now we get nothing. Now we're going to probably get nothing for him. And, hey, look, I wouldn't pay him. I, w- I wouldn't look. If he want to sit out for the next few years, then that's what you're going to do. But... I mean, it's bad for the team. But but, but you don't have a, a but Adrian, you don't have a problem with. But you don't have a problem with the way he's handling this. That's well, basically I, what you're saying. I, no, no, I do, I do have a what, I do have a problem with the way Ben is handling it. But you gave him no other choice. How what other way should he handle it? You think he should actually come in here and play for a team that don't want him? You announced it and lost your mind. What, 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 he's on the contract. It don't make sense. Right, he's His under. It's telling him. It's telling the dude the right thing. You don't want to play. You ain't got to play. They got to give him what fifty percent of his, his salary this year. So he gonna he gonna he gonna grind on him for another what seventeen million. Exactly. He's under contract. He should come back and play. He should come back and play. Upper hand. They Morby should have known this with Hardy. The same thing happened with Hardy. He should have known that the players had the upper hand, and they should have played it differently. I just think that. So what? What should they have done? What? What should they have done? Yeah. What should they have done? They should have done. When when they when Doc Rivers asked that question, he should have said, "Look, we're gonna go back to the drawing board, and we're gonna come back better, and we're gonna do better." That's what he should have did. And then they should have traded him. Then he would have had a lot more value for him instead of just throwing him under the bus. He, he came in the year prior to talking about they was going to trade him for hard. I mean, you, it's the way you do <laughs> things, man. They just did things totally wrong. Doc Rivers, this job is just too big for Doc Rivers. And Maury has done nothing. You tell me one thing that Maury, this hot shot, supposed to be this hot shot guy, he did nothing. He did worse than Colangelo. I got you, Adrian. I appreciate the call. So, so – Basically, Adrian's saying they should have continued to inflate Benzie, continued to just support him and encourage him. The first bit of honesty they ever gave about the dude. And he created fault. He wants out. It's ridiculous. Like, I don't understand what they should have done differently here. Like, at what point can they be honest with him? Because let's face it, not being honest and continuing to, to, you know, uh, coddle him where's that gotten you you know he hasn't he hasn't decided to improve on his own and this was an opportunity and this is a missed opportunity on Simmons part to change the view of his career where after that series he shouldn't have needed anybody to say anything he should have realized he should have been introspective and realized that I need to change like I was just a massive liability for my team in the postseason I need to change he said that. We'll see if he does it, but he said that. I mean, do you think did, did, is he acting right now like a guy who thinks he needs to change? I I, I don't take any stock in the Instagram post or I, I don't know. Maybe for all I know, he's going to go back and be the same. So I, I my answer is I don't know. Yeah. So I mean, I just don't I don't understand how anybody can support this. Like I, I well, really I really don't get it. So I think the issue or issue's not the right word. I think what's going like you you're assuming that his starting point of contention with the Sixers is that June 20th post-game press conference. Yes. And I don't think that's quite what happened. I, I think uh, one of the issues with Maury and his staff and where an issue with this, um, and maybe even the starting point of this is, is they should not have made it known to him that he was on the verge of being traded for James Harden. That, that, that was a bomb that he did not need to know. 
But, like, he's going to find that out anyway. That's the way I look at it. I think it's better coming from the organization than it is coming from reporters. Like, I think it was, it was no secret that they were trying to trade him for Harden. And I think, too, that it was, like, it was, it was bad, you know, his perspective that Joel Embiid had a chance to sign off. This is a guess. This is, I, 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 hear clear that. I hear it. Joel Embiid signed off on the deal that he's traded there, and I think that in his perception— Fair or unfair, but I think he was kind of sold that he's the co-star with Embiid. Not that it's kind of a weird dynamic if you view yourself as the co-star of Embiid, and then you know on the other end, Embiid's signing off you being traded. Like right. I, I think that is actually my guess is that's where this started. Well, and I think that's an interesting theory, and I think that's on Simmons for not being more aware that he's not on Joel Embiid's level. And everybody but, but else they knows gave, that, except when, for him. When they presented him that contract, and they, I, I think that ownership has sold it to him though that they view him as a co-star. And again, you can disagree or like with, and obviously he's not as, you know, Embiid's obviously higher up in the NBA pecking order. But I think that he was sold he and his camp that like, hey, you are our, our co-guy. Yeah, and I mean it. It's obvious that, and I think maybe that was somewhat true. I mean, you have an opportunity to go get Harden though. You know, you're obviously going to look at that. And I don't know, like, I I don't, this is why I don't think that really is the, I think that's an excuse that he's using at this point. Because he came back after the Harden thing, and everything was fine. I mean, he played out the rest of the year. There didn't seem to be issues with him and Simmons and Doc and, and the rest of the team. None of the issues started to surface until after the playoffs. And it's just very coincidental to me mm-hmm. that this stuff starts after he after they lose in embarrassing fashion, in large part due to his failures. And I think the Harden stuff is a very convenient excuse for him to ask out at this point. That's maybe, the way I view it. Maybe. It could have just been like the first crack of the mistrust. Um, and then from there, it just, you know, obviously got worse after the, the, the Hawk series. And I think, too, that, you know, yeah, I, I mean, I just, he thought he was going to be like the, co- like, it's just a weird thing to to have like impede like behind your back beans. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah get rid of him. For, I don't care. It's fine. And then and I think, too, he's gonna, he doesn't want to come back into training camp and go through the first 25 games. And, you know, just have this attitude of, like, you guys are trading me anyway. Like, what am I doing here? Like, but, gr- like grinding with you guys. And, like, w- like, can we just get the show on the road and get out of here? But, but that's the thing. That's the only way it's going to happen. But because it, the, the, the value, the value isn't there. And, and Daryl Morey shouldn't give him away. But that's why he's it, waiting it, until it is. Well, the, the Sixers shouldn't do it. I mean, they shouldn't. The, the, it the, the, both, make, like, the Sixers should wait till the offer's right. And then I'm... Ben's right. saying, like, well, I'm just going to sit over here and wait till it is. Right. And, you know, I I think in this situation, I, I'm, you know, guys get mentioned in trade rumors. And it's like, it's not like you were being talked about as, as a, they're, they're trying to get rid of you for nothing. They're trying to get trade you for James Harden. Like, that's a legitimate deal. I don't know how guys view it, whether he views that differently than, than, uh, being traded for somebody who he would think is beneath him, and maybe that did bother him to an extent. But I think it's more a convenient excuse to ask out because he doesn't want to go back and 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 deal with the embarrassment of what happened last year in the playoffs. Deal with it how? Like deal with like, deal with no going, matter where he goes, he's going to be asked about it. I think no, uh, no doubt about it. But I think he is incredibly embarrassed, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't think this is a fan thing. I don't think he cares about the fans at all. Like, I don't think Ben Simmons even thinks about the fans when he makes these kind of uh, of decisions. I think this is about 
he is embarrassed to go back into the locker room and go back and face those guys that he knows he let down. That's what I think this is about, and I think he thinks it's easier He's to He's working out with some of them. With, with Maxi. I mean, the guy who's represented by the same people. But with Embiid, with some of his other teammates... I just, I don't think... Like, I don't think he's embarrassed to be around like Furkan Korkmaz and Tobias Harris. Like, I, I it's think more it, about I, Embiid. It's more about Embiid. Maybe. It, it's it, about Embiid. But I think it's also more possible... I, I think it's just possible that like his whole thing is like, why am I going to go through the motions of all this if I'm just waiting for you guys to get... You don't want me here. I don't want to be here anymore. Like, what are we doing? Because it's your job. I mean, it's, 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 it's that simple to me. I mean, it's your job. You have a contract. They'll trade you when they can. But they can't trade you right now. So, you know, if they, he wants... They can, they just choose not to. Yeah, but, I mean, they can't trade him for it's, an it's offer It's justified, it's fair. But, you know, they can. Right, I mean, they they theoretically could. I mean, if you want Andrew Wiggins and, and, and a few picks, but... Yeah. Uh, but it's better to wait. They're not going to do that, yeah. So, uh, I, I what I don't get is from Simmons' perspective, and I, I, I get your point, I just think if he wants to get traded... The best way to go about doing that, and the quickest way to go about doing that, is to come back and play. Because I don't think this raises his trade value. I don't think this is going to... Maybe with another GM, this would work. I don't think this is going to work with Daryl Morey. Like, Daryl Morey is not just going to give him away below market value. Yeah. And look, look, this obviously is a unique... If he goes through with this, this is right now obviously just a report, but if he does go through with this, it seems like he is. It obviously will be a unique case with a guy just not even like showing up and playing. It kind of like I don't know. It, it kind of feels like it has a chance to be a little cleaner and like easier than like the Jimmy Butler one or the Anthony Davis one, where like or like the Kyle Lowry one got weird. Less or like the guys waiting to be traded request that like everyone agrees he needs to be traded, and he's just playing at like fifty percent, seventy five percent speed in these games. Like I, I don't know if we need that here. Well, I, I mean, I think the best. Uh, now this is the thing though. The best thing and what Ben. Ben Simmons should do is he should have been working on expanding his game all summer and coming back and showcasing that to get traded. Like that's what he should have done. If he truly wanted out right. in the quickest way possible, that's what he should have done. But, but he's not going to do that. Like he's not going to change. This is the way he is. And he, he just, he's never going to, to progress past this point where he thinks the universe revolves around him. And that's, that's the way I view it. Yeah, I think Clutch Sports' view is like, hey, like you guys can trade them whenever you want. Like, just it's it's your job to figure it out. Yeah, it's your job to figure it out. Yeah, two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Let's go to Mike in South Philly. What's up, Mike? How's it going, Tom? What's going on, man? Yeah, I got a social media gripe. Um, it's kind of a retroactive one, but um, and it relates to the topic. You know, for a dude who would always, by the way. I, I'm talking about the Ben Simmons. I, I don't even know the name for it. What is the name of that emoji? Is it the, the blowing smoke? What, what, what is it? Oh, Maybe yeah. The, the yeah, I don't think we'll be seeing many of those anymore. The the Yeah, the, the one where the smoke comes out of the nose. Yeah. yeah, Ben's signature. I call it the Ben Simmons emoji. Yeah. But, man, Sixers fans on social media used to eat that up, didn't they? They, they loved it. They, they would post those emojis I, right before a game. Right? I was like, one of them, Mike. I and, loved it. But it was like the, emo, the emoji signifies like, I'm ready to go. Like I- I'm, I'm hungry and I'm ready to go. Like I don't want to see that dude post that emoji ever again. Okay, because like he's the opposite of hungry and ready to go. Like that—that's like a competitive. Like you know, nothing's gonna stop me. I'm hung- you know, 
that's he's the opposite of a competitor right now. Um, for a guy who's basically backing down, um, you know, from a challenge and is basically just asked to improve his game, like that, that's the complete opposite of his mentality. I just I never want to see that dude post that emoji ever again. Yeah, and Mike, you know what? It shouldn't it shouldn't have been surprising. Like it really shouldn't have been surprising when the season ended that this was going to be how it was going to go down. But I think it's such a missed opportunity for Simmons because this could have changed the way his career is viewed where, you know, he could have really gone back and realized, you know, I need to change. Like I am a part of the problem here. Maybe I'm not the whole problem, but I'm a part of it. And I need to expand my game. I need to actually do what people have been telling me I need to do for years, but he's obviously, obviously elected not to go that route. And that really shouldn't be surprising. And that's why I think they need to trade him now. Like, you can say ideally, in and you know, in a perfect scenario, he bites the bullet, he comes back, he plays motivated to show everybody, you know, and then his trade value rises. But I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, he clearly has a beef with Doc Rivers for benching, or not benching him, but, um, you know, pulling him out, I guess, um, during certain situations, but more specifically, kind of bad-mouthing him a little bit after the series was over. Um, he might have some issue with Embiid. I'm not sure about that. Um, but I just don't think with the way the relationships are kind of broken that he's ever going to play the same again, even if he does step on the court. And I think at, at, at a minimum, his value will stay the same, but it's probably going to decline because he's going to probably come out and he might get into a verbal spat with one of his teammates or Doc Rivers. And the more that this attitude problem festers, the, the less teams around the NBA are going to have interest in him. And it, it'll suck for the Sixers to kind of bite the bullet. But, you know, if you can get C.J. McCollum for him right now, or you can get Malcolm Brogdon and Karis LeVert for him right now, um, or you can get, I don't know, like uh, maybe – a team out there is willing to give you a massive haul of picks like uh, Minneapolis uh, or the, the Minnesota Timberwolves, do it. But because in a, in a couple months, you know, you might have to settle for Andrew Wiggins. I don't think Andrew Wiggins in a pick, I, I still think there are better offers in the table, uh, you know, right now for, for uh, Ben Simmons. I think you could get CJ McCollum, but in a couple months, you might not be able, even be able to get that. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope so, Mike. Like, that's the thing. I don't even know if you can get C.J. McCollum at this point. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what Ben Simmons' value is, and his value's always been always been difficult to judge, even before the playoffs, because of the unique way that he plays. But like, I, I and I know I, I get your point, but I would I'd be I'd rather take the risk. I'd rather roll the dice and bring him back and make him play and see if maybe you can increase uh you know his his worth a little bit because who knows and as we go throughout this season as we get closer to the deadline maybe somebody decides maybe a star demands out and then you can use him as a part of a deal to get that guy uh I think the risk of dealing him now versus the reward is not worth it. Well, here, here's my, my theory. Um, I think, you know, there's a, obviously a possibility that they're holding on to them just because they want more, uh, you know, a better, better trade offers. Um, but my theory is I think Daryl Morey is so – I think he, he – after missing out on James Harden, he does not want the reputation of being a guy who missed out on Harden and settled for a worse deal. And I think he's passing up – maybe not great offers, but decent offers 
because he just doesn't want that, you know, that juxtaposed or, you know, hey, everybody, you know, I could have had James Harden a few months ago, and then I had to settle for C.J. McCollum. And I think he's kind of desperate, just hoping that in a couple months, you know, Dame Lillard's going to ask for a trade and he's going to get Dame Lillard. And, like, I I think if that is the case, like, (laughs) you're just, man, you are barking up – he is putting himself in such a bad position to where they could get nothing. And I think it's kind of an ego situation right now. That's just my opinion. That's just, just uh, you know, a gut feeling on the whole situation. Um, but I really do think they should trade it out. I just, Tom, even if his value increases a little bit, like what is it going to go, uh, you know, C.J. McCollum uh, or to C.J. McCollum plus maybe a couple second-round picks? Like do you really think that his value will increase to the point where they could get a Lillard or a Beal? I think, I think those days are gone. They're like they're numbered. I don't know. I mean, maybe you could use him as part of a package to get one of those guys, but I know right now you're not getting a difference-making player for him. Like, if you're trading him right now, you're not getting something that's going to get you legitimately closer to winning a championship. And if you're not getting that, like, he's the one thing of value that you really have to trade other than Embiid, I'd make him come back and I'd make him play and see what happens. Like, I, I think that is a better gamble than trading him now for, you know, 20 cents on the dollar. I don't know. I I think it's a bit. I, I think you should just get rid of him. I I just don't see the purpose of waiting. I don't see the upside. I, you're not going to get that superstar. I think those doors are closed. So what what, what the heck is the point? Just like at least get uh, whatever you're going to get for him. Get those guys in now so you can acclimate them in camp. You can get them, you know, you know, in Doc Rivers' system and learn the offense and get chemistry with them, beating all the teammates. If you make a trade during the season, I mean, obviously, if you do it early enough, you can still develop chemistry. But I think they should just do it now. Like I don't see the point of waiting. They just come off as desperate they're, they're, they're hoping they're begging a team's going to give them Dame Lillard or a superstar it's not going to happen Daryl and I, and I hate the look Ben Simmons is number one to blame for all this there's no question about it he's selfish he's spoiled he, he's coming off like a brat and he's not improving his game but I am putting a decent chunk of it on Daryl Morey because a they should have traded him last offseason you know that your own Weitzman piece right remember um he it was several months ago where he wrote it and he said that uh, the Sixers wanted Ben Simmons to work out with, the, with their trainers. He didn't want to do it. He only wanted to work out with his trainers. He only wanted to work with his shooting coach. He only wanted to, you know, to uh, work out on his time. And it's like when Daryl Morey was hired by the Sixers, once he came onto the, you know, the, into the organization and he was you know, apprised of all these situations, it should have been, this guy is radioactive. I need to get rid of him immediately, immediately. And instead, he was all on social media pumping up Ben Simmons. I know he was just doing that for leverage and stuff, right. but still, it made him look like a jackass, okay? It's so arrogant and pompous. And now he's, he's stuck holding his, you know what, and he's not going to get anything for him. I just think it makes him look really bad, and I think it look, makes him look really amateurish. Like, this stuff doesn't happen to elite executives. You know, you typically don't see, you know, the top-end executives around the NBA, barring some, you know, a few exceptions, you know, botch a situation this badly. Well, I got you, Mike, and I appreciate the yeah, call. And, I mean, he, I, we know why he was doing that. He was trying to increase his trade value. Like, he was trying to increase his trade value so they can include him in a deal for Harden. That obviously didn't work out, but like I'm not, I'm not going to trade him now for what you think for for a price that's below what you believe he's worth. Like I would rather hold him. I think the upside to maybe you get more down the line. I'd rather do that than trade him. And yeah, part of it is spite. You know, if he doesn't want to play, he can sit his ass at home, and he can give the money back, and you don't pay him, and he can waste his the prime years of his career. And if that's what he wants to do, that's fine. 
He can sit at home and he can cry and he can be the little baby that he is. But I'm not trading him for for you know a, a package that, that is not going to help me win a championship. I'm just not going to do that. So if you're Josh Harris, why do you want to waste the prime of Embiid and you know this little window they have? Well, that's because what you're getting for him now is not going to get you closer to a championship. Like it's not. Like what say the best offer you're going to get right now is CJ McCollum. Is this team winning a championship with CJ McCollum? No. Yeah. So like I would rather hold him and see what happens down the line. But are they trade like, him for below market value? But if they do nothing and they they go in, you know, a man short and Maxi has to play more minutes than he showed at point like that's where are they going with that team yeah it's probably going to nuke this season like yeah. essentially it is but if you're not winning the championship this season anyway so you just want to spite Simmons anyway no I mean I want I want to trade everybody wants him to be traded and this is what this is what I don't know if he doesn't understand like they want to trade him he wants to be traded but Maury is not going to give in and he shouldn't no, he understands his thing is I don't care if you're not getting your, your perceived value for me. That's not my problem. You guys figure it out and get me out of here. That's his, that's his perception. But it becomes his problem, like when they, because if they're not going to trade him for that, the only way his value is going to come back, go back up, is to come back and play. Like the Sixers, he doesn't care about that. Yeah, well, fine. Well, then they don't have to trade him, and they shouldn't trade him. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to get in, Drew, I see you there. We'll get to you when we get back. Also, we will get to Stephen A. Smith, who he gave his take on Ben Simmons. We'll get to that coming up next as well. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly on this Wednesday morning talking about Ben Simmons. And Mike, say in a hypothetical world, Larry David was the general manager of the 76ers. What do you think he would do with Ben? Do you think he would give in or do you th- and, and trade him and give in to his wishes? Or do you think he would let him hold out for, for spite purposes? Spite is a very powerful emotion. Yeah, I think on one hand, he... Um... Part of his attitude would be like, I don't care. I just want to move on, like whatever. But yeah, he d- definitely has a spite gene to him. Yeah. Uh, he created a whole spite store. I mean, it doesn't get more spiteful than creating a spite store. Uh, so I, I, honestly, I, I, I do think like holding out and waiting is the right move. I do think that you could potentially get better value down the line and I just don't think the value is very good right now because Ben Simmons' value is at an all-time low. He's coming off a series in which all of his worst flaws were were exploited for everyone to see. It's one flaw. I mean, a massive flaw. I mean, well, he said all of his flaws as if like there's well. I like mean, it's several. it's all in one. I mean, whether he can't shoot a jumper, shoot a three, shoot a free throw. He so I guess it all comes down to one. Yeah, yeah he can't. He can't shoot. He can't shoot a basketball in basketball, which I. For some reason, now I feel foolish for trying to convince myself that that didn't matter for years. It does. It turns out shooting a basketball in the sport of basketball actually matters quite a bit. And Ben Simmons cannot do it. Um, So his value is very low right now. And I don't think trading him for whatever you would get right now is worth it. But definitely there's an aspect of it to where 
I don't want to give in to him. Like, I don't want to give this spoiled baby who's gotten everything he's wanted for his entire life. I don't want to give in to him now. And I don't want to trade him and get, let him get his way once again for the billionth time. I, just because he can't take a little criticism from his coach and his, and his uh, star teammate. This is interesting. What makes you think that the first four years of his career have been what he wants? Like, what makes you think he's gotten everything he wants? Because they've tried to get him to work with their people. They've tried to get him to expand his game. Brett Brown tried to get him to shoot threes. And, he, and it obviously hasn't worked for him. He, just, he hasn't gotten over this this shooting thing, whatever it is. He hasn't gotten over it. So, like, I don't... Where do you, like, see because, him getting everything he wants? Because he doesn't want to do it. Like, no, he, he wants he to. refused. You, th- you think at the end, like, if he re- had everything, you know, in his power to do what he could about it, you don't think he would, you know, fix his shooting issue? No, I don't. I think he uh, has. And he, so why? What's your excuse? Why? Why do you think he hasn't gotten better? Because he's not good at it, and mentally, he's not over the hurdle. So in five years, you wouldn't seek out every kind of person you could, whether it's a sports psychologist, whether it's he people who can help you mentally. The, he's got. He's, to try, fi- he's, he's fired coach. He's fired family members. He's moved on to other people, outside people. Uh, he's. Inside the agency, outside the agency, like he's 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 tried everything and failed. Like well, he's failed. What about like? Did you, you read the Euron Weitzman piece, right? From like months ago. Yeah, yeah. When Euron Weitzman asks him about why he won't shoot corners, oh, that's a defensive front. And I, he I goes don't, through this whole I, thing about why he doesn't, why he can't do it because Joel can't make the pass. I think it's a front. It's it's well well. He, take some accountability on yourself, like for not getting better. Okay, that's a different topic, but I I don't. I think he's far from gotten anything. Like to say he's gotten everything he's ever wanted. Like I don't think that's even close to true. They have they've kissed his ass his entire career here. They've done everything to cater around. But him. he still hasn't gotten. Like he still hasn't achieved what he's wanted to. Like that. That's not right. why Ben Simmons. And that is on him. And this is what. Okay, I'm but you of. can't say he's gotten everything he's wanted. He, he hasn't. Yeah, and that's his fault. It's okay. his fault he hasn't improved. Okay. And, and this is this is kind of my issue here. Is it's not on. It, it, it's never on Ben. It's always on everybody else. The Sixers failed him. I think most you know, people agree it's on Ben. His coaches failed him, but it is on Ben. Yeah, I mean, I but I think that's a there's a consensus on that. Like, or you're making the argument it's not, right? Am what, I am I am I mishearing you? The argument of what is not on Ben? Like I like Ben's issues. I think are chiefly on Ben. Okay. Well, then we we can we can agree on that. I guess I was no I was my issues. Well, I just I thought it was ridiculous. Like I just don't agree at all that he's gotten everything he's ever wanted. Like he hasn't. Like I, I think he's I think he's had a low point as like his basketball career. Like this is not everything he's ever wanted. But but like he's gotten the max extension. He's gotten yeah. Know, but you play uh, you know you play more than they they've right. never they've never he's never had to improve. Like they try to get him to improve. He's never had to, and he's still gotten the accolades that that he cares about so much. I think he wants more than this. Well, we'll see. But if he does, he'll improve his game. And until he does that, I mean, there's no reason for me to think he really wants it that badly. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Drew once to talk about the Eagles real quick. What's up, Drew? Thanks for hanging, man. Hey, hey Tom. How's it going? Yeah, Ben Simmons. Man, I, I'm like you. I, I was a supporter of him for a long time. And all I asked him to do was to to make his free throws reasonably, you know, get his percentage up. Because if he could do that, it would just change everything, in my view. But he, you know, it's just he's a, like you said, he's a he's a stubborn, selfish baby. And, yeah. Uh, I, I if if I had my way, I would I would I would put him in the fridge. I don't know how however long his contract is, end that guy's career. You know, just let him sit out. Don't pay him. 
don't trade them and just, you know, I don't know what the rules are for that, but it's like if they don't get what they want for him, just let him sit out and just ice him and just go on without him like he doesn't exist. Well, that's, that's the way I, I look at it, Drew. I mean, I'm, I don't want to give him away now for below market value. And what you're getting right now, obviously, the Sixers offers that they're getting are not offers that they think are going to help the team or else they would have traded him. And this is what I, what I think the, the, the delusional world that Simmons lives in is I think he believes like the Sixers have this deal they could make that they're not making, but if they're not getting the offers that they want, they're they're not under any obligation to trade him. He's the one who's under obligation to play. He's got he's under contract for four more years. Like I don't know what his end game is here. Like if he was coming toward the end of his deal or something like that, he'd have a little more leverage. But with four years left on your deal, I don't really know what, what leverage Simmons has. Yeah, and I mean it, you know. I mean, obviously he has some advisors and people, I, I got to believe they're telling him that he should play because if he wants to be traded, the best way to be traded is to go play great. And, and that's going to open the door to some trades. You know, it's just, he's just an idiot basically. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I'm done with him. You know, I'm just done. I, I like I said, I, I just, he doesn't exist. He's like dead to me. You know, it's like, let him, you know, just so anyway. Enough yeah, I mean, that, that's the way I see it, Drew. I think if he came back and he yeah. played well, that would be the quickest way for him to get out of town. He doesn't see it the same of way, course, obviously. Of course, of course it is. Now, with the Eagles, I just wanted to, I just wanted to call, you know, the birds, you know, I can, I can deal with Sunday's game. You know, it's a, it's a growing process for the coach, for the team. And, uh, you know, San Francisco's a tough team. You know, they're a tough physical team, and, and they got beat, you know, but those possessions in the first half were frustrating, obviously. And, I got a pet peeve. I got a I got a real pet peeve. Like it's been forever. I just wonder whether you agree with this. Every time you're on the goal line and they go into the shotgun, I am just disgusted. I mean, you're on the one. Why, why would you want the ball to be back at the five at the snap when you're on the one? I, I hate it. I hate the shotgun at the goal line. I don't understand why you do that. I just don't get it. Yeah, Drew, I don't really have a problem with that, and I appreciate the call. I don't have a huge problem with them going shotgun. I think, you know, you when they run the ball, they should utilize Jalen Hurts' legs, and read option looks are the best way to do that. I mean, I'd sneak on the goal line. If you're at the one-yard line and you have four plays to get in from there, if you sneak four times, you're eventually going to get in. What I didn't like in that whole sequence, obviously the fourth down call, but the second down call where you're running off tackle to Miles Sanders – that one doesn't make sense. I mean, when you're on the one yard line and you could sneak, you could run a read option. If you're going to run it from there, you run it up the middle, you run a read option where the defense has to account for Jalen Hurts' legs. But yeah, I, I, I hated the Coles down by the goal line and running off tackle Miles Sanders just doesn't make any sense. It's not his strength and it's not the offense's line, offensive line strength. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. When we get back, we'll be joined by Dave Uram of KYW News Radio. Dave will come in and talk to us next. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. And it's time to talk to Dave Uram of KYW News Radio. It's always funny when we're playing this song. There's always a little smile that creeps across the <laughs> face of Mike Angelina. 
Mike, you enjoy this song, don't you? Because every time I look over and the music's playing and you just have a very, a very serene smile on your face. Like this is soothing to you uh, at 4 a.m. It's always just, um, yeah, I shouldn't be surprised, but I am. You know, I just kind of like, you know, type in Dave's name, throw the song in there and <laughs> And then five minutes later, you hear it, and it's like, you know. <laughs> so, so you got it in the system. So my now. name, yes. so my name is oh, attached nice. to the song. It's See, in the system as Dave Uram. Have theme. you ever looked up? <laughs> the, the, have you ever looked up the Diana Krall version? Of the song? I I did not enjoy it. Like it. I didn't like it. Mike, I like this one more. Al wants us to play that too. Mike will not play the Diana Krall right, well, version. He does well, not. Well, you guys like start it. talking. I'll pull it up. So and okay, can, okay. That that's fine. I mean, I don't care. Um, but just just so Al and Al stop uh, tell me that we have to play that every week. Um, but Dave, Mike certainly does not like it. But Dave Uram, KYW News Radio, joins us now. We got a lot to get into this morning, Dave. Obviously, and you know, we'll start with the the topic of the day: uh, the Ben Simmons situation, uh, the report from Woj that he will not be reporting to training camp. Uh, never intends to put on a Sixers uniform again, I guess is how he put it. Uh, your take and where should the Sixers go from here? It's not surprising. It's not surprising that it's come to this. It's not surprising that he is, um, for a lack of better words, acting this way. But what it is, and let's call it out for what it is, Ben Simmons is being unprofessional, petty, childish, uh, a poor team player, He's being all those adjectives that you can describe him that deals with this situation. I Look, I, I, I get it. He's not happy. I understand it. I understand the fans are not happy with him. They have every right not to be happy with him. I understand Doc Rivers said what he said after Game 7. I get it. I get that things are messy right now. It's messy. But he's still committed to a four-year, more than that. He still has four years left on his contract that he committed to that I think it was a five-year deal. He's got $147 million left on the deal. Bobby Marks of ESPN reported that he's owed half of that by the beginning of next month. So he's still owed this money. It's just a really bad look for Ben Simmons. It is a really bad look for him. Yeah, no no doubt about it. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if you, you see it the same way here, but like, I, I look at it, and for the first four or five years of his career, I feel like this organization catered to him in a lot of ways. And they I did. feel like the fans were irrationally supportive of him. And that's the shame of this whole thing, is the fans are the ones who are going to get screwed more than anybody by this, because the team's going to be bad, um, or we're going to be worse without him, whether they trade him or whether he sits at home. But, you know, the idea that the first bit of honesty that he hears from Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid that he wants to bolt. Do you but see it the same way? Even if it's honesty or not honesty, the fact of the matter is is that Doc Rivers was was gushing about Ben Simmons for weeks and months before that. Uh, Doc Rivers sp- said that Ben Simmons was fixable the very next day. Joel Embiid went out on Twitter a couple of weeks ago and, and said the thing about, you know, he wants to play with Ben. He took a little jab at the fans, which he shouldn't have. I like... There's been support for Ben Simmons, whether it's true or not, because they want Ben Simmons to be on the team because they can't find optimal value for him. So he should be a professional, honor his contract, come to work. He's not the first person in the history of life to be disgruntled where he works at. He's not, and he's not going to be the last. Be a pro and come to work. 
But anyway, since he clearly is not going to come to work, this is what the 76ers need to do. And I, and I don't think necessarily that the fans were irrationally uh, favoring him. He's a good player. Like, let's not, let's, let's, like, Yes, he's major. He has a huge flaw in that he doesn't try to be aggressive. A, a debilitating it, flaw. I, it's a huge. It's a huge flaw. He he's capable of it. We've seen it thousands and thousands of times. Whether before games, when he actually wants to do it in a game, or when he wants to troll fans on social media, right? We've seen it. He's capable of doing it. So he's a good player, and he's just a disgruntled player right now. And the 76ers don't benefit from. For, for trading for lesser value. They simply don't. Now, you can make the argument, and I understand that you can make the argument, that it's a major distraction right now. And it is. It's a huge distraction. It's going to be the only thing that's talked about at Media Day next week. And it should be the only thing that's going to be talked about. And it's going to be talked about for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks until he either A, comes back, or B, gets traded. One or the other. It's going to be a huge distraction. And that's bad. That's really bad. And that's on Ben, and that's on the organization for, poor, for handling this really poorly. However you want to look at it, whether they should have traded him or whether they should have spoken nicer about it, whatever. It's really bad. But this is an organization, and this is a, a team that has dealt with their GM having a burner Twitter account, right? It's dealt with the most dramatic or one of the most dramatic rebuilds in the history of professional sports. They can handle a disgruntled player. So if I'm the 76ers, and I'm looking at this objectively, and I'm looking at it from what's best for the 76ers, stand your ground. Now, now, Don't cave. There were some other reports that, that a lot of this stems from the Harden rumors back in January, okay. and, then, and that Ben Simmons still has resentment that he was mentioned in those rumors. Okay, now, so he wants uh, to get traded for a really good player. Right. Good deal. Well, I want to know if you agree with me here, because I— like, I don't think that's true. I think that's just a convenient excuse now because, I mean, things were fine the second half of last year, uh, and there weren't issues until after the playoffs. I think that's just a convenient excuse I, to use now to run away and, I, and go somewhere else. I think the big thing is what Kyle Newbeck reported yesterday in Philly Voice. I, th- I don't think he liked what Doc said after Game 7. I, I, I really I, and I, I hear you. It's like, like oh, okay. It was, you get 10 seconds of criticism I, that I, makes you want I hear out. you. It's... And, and you know what? I don't, I don't know how much the fans, uh, the fans' unhappiness with him. In fact, I don't. I don't know. But I think that that doc thing is is a really just speculating. I think it's a really big thing. Here's the big question that I don't have that that has not been answered. That I don't know. That I that I would like to know. This is the big question. He clearly wants to. He clearly is okay with. The key word is okay with taking a certain amount of fines because he's going to get fined, right? I don't think he's going to get suspended. That helps nobody. But I think he's going to get. I think he's going to get fined, and he's clearly okay with that. He's clearly okay being in his Los Angeles home with the with the luxuries that he has earned, and um, getting fined. Not Kendall, by the way, anymore. She's Devin Booker now. So either either I'll way, start that was a, that was an interesting little jab that you took that you took it <laughs> in there. Uh, but now. here's the question: What I don't know, he's okay with as a 25 year old who's who's in the prime of his career, at the top of his game or actually near the top of his game because he's not at the top of his game there's there's a lot that he could get better at is he willing to sit out the prime years of his career and not play basketball for several weeks not for a couple of games for several weeks maybe even the entire season while his peers play and while his image within the industry and amongst his peers takes a hit 
that's the question that hasn't been answered because he's clearly okay with taking a fines and sit. He doesn't even like talking to the media. That's no secret the way he interacts with the media. So he's clearly okay with missing media day next week. He's clearly okay with missing the beginning of camp next week. And he's clearly okay with taking the fines of that. But is he okay with missing opening night against the Pelicans, against the Nets? Forget the fact that it's for the Sixers who he doesn't want to play anymore, play for anymore. Is he okay with seeing his buddies on the highlight shows, doing everything that they're doing while he's in his Los Angeles home, not playing professional basketball? If he has a, if he has a love for basketball and a pride for basketball and a pride for being as good as he can be, as he often says, and being the best of what the best defender in the league and all the other things that he has touted about himself over the years, if he really cares about that, then he'll come back. I don't know if he cares about that stuff, but he does care about money. And I don't, I don't think, think he does. I, I think he does. I don't think because he's he willing to sit money. out. I don't think he does. That that's why we're at this point because he doesn't because he's made a lot of money that he that he has earned. He has a wonderful, beautiful Los Angeles home. All the bells and whistles, all the toys, all the cars. Is he willing to lose professional basketball competition? Not the stuff he does in the gym with his trainer. Not those videos we see. Is he willing to lose that? That's the question. Is he willing once? the beginning of November comes around and you start to get into that winter basketball, those winter basketball months, is he willing to lose that? Because that's the one question that hasn't been answered. Because I guess he assumes, maybe he assumes that, oh, well, the distraction itself will push the 76ers to make a deal, right? I don't, that's, see, that's not the question. The question is, is he willing to sit out of basketball games? That I don't know. And the Sixers should not, give in until they find out whether he is willing to sit out basketball games or not. I agree. Shouldn't. I agree. And I don't think I don't think he is willing to do that. Like I don't think he's willing to sit out for an extended period of time. And here's personally. another here's another thing, right? And, th- and I thought I was thinking about this yet for the first time yesterday. We assume that Tyrese is going to take the starting point guard job if Ben's not there. I would just assume that Tyrese is going to step into the starting lineup. That's just my guess. If you don't make a trade, yeah. Right. Let's just say he plays really well, right? The Sixers don't need Ben Simmons anymore. They honestly now don't need Ben Simmons anymore if Tyrese Maxey ups his game. Remember, Tyrese is 20. He's a kid. Like, Ben's 25 isn't a kid. Tyrese is 20. Let's just say Tyrese steps his game up. And the six, he scores, he distributes the ball, he improves his defense. Not at the level of Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is a, is a more developed player but well enough for the Sixers to continue to compete and be at the top of the East. Yeah. Then, then, then Ben has zero leverage. No leverage. And I, and I actually think that makes it easier for the Sixers to trade. We, ben, we really don't need you now, right? That, so I, the Sixers don't benefit. I, it's a distraction. I'm, but you know what? There's distractions all the time. I think they can handle it. I actually think that the Sixers who make a lot of mistakes in other areas, can actually handle this distraction very well. I'm confident that they can handle this distraction well. I'm confident that Joel can roll his eyes at all those questions, rightful, understandable questions that should be asked. I believe that they they, they can brush that off and still be successful in the beginning. And that that's why they should hold their ground.
Well, they're going to have to because I don't think Daryl Morey's going to give in. He's not. Yeah, gonna, I, he's I, not going to. He's not going to give in. I don't think he's going to. And, and I agree with you. I, I don't think he should. So uh, let's let's move over to the Eagles real quick, Dave, because I did uh, want to ask. I forgot you, they existed. Yeah, almost, a few things about stuff. the Eagles. As you look back at Sunday, and obviously uh, a bad day for Nick Sirianni in his first home game. What concerns you the most, and are you worried about Sirianni going forward with some of his play calls? That's the story of the game. He got out coached. He looked overmatched for the first time in this season. He looked over. He looked like he'd too cute around the goal line, not creative enough with his play calling. It's good that he took accountability afterwards. Now let's see how he responds against Dallas. Um, that call, the calls down at the goal line, just made no sense. They just it. it I, I don't understand all the trickery. I don't understand the different plays after first and second down. Just try to punt. And I get it. They, they lost Brandon Brooks, and that hurt. That certainly hurt things. But I, I, just, I wasn't impressed with the coach this past Sunday. I, I, I think that's the story of the game. I think that he just looked overmatched. Jalen was okay. Jalen underthrew some balls. But for the most part, I thought he was okay. His completion percentage doesn't say that he was okay, but for the most part, I think that he was all right. M- mistakes hurt them here and there. Rager stepping out of bounds. I don't know if you can necessarily blame him for that, but that hurt. It's just I, I, I thought that the head coach was just sorely overmatched in that game. Question is, can he learn from it? Can he bounce out? Can he, can he do what he says he's going to do, which is players, 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 and cater his scheme to his players? That's the big question going forward. Now, the injury situation is more concerning than the loss as far as I see it. With Brandon Graham, Brandon Brooks, how much do you think they'll miss those guys and do you think there are injuries they can, they can, they can successfully move past? They're going to miss BG a lot. They're going to miss Brandon Brooks a lot, both of those players a lot. Hopefully Brandon Brooks can come back in the season because he's on IR. He's not done for the season. Uh, BG, you know, I, I, I asked this to, to Ray. I asked it to, to Merrill, wondering if, you know, you know, how, how he can respond. And I think that if there's anybody who can come back from an Achilles injury at 33, it's B, BG can come back. Now, will he? I don't know. Like, if he doesn't come back from this, I wouldn't be surprised. He's 33. He's in his 12th season. But, but just with his positive attitude and his determination, I, I mean, I don't know if he's going to be the same player, but I feel like Sunday was not the last time you saw Brandon Graham in an Eagles uniform. I just I, I think he'll I think he will make a comeback next season. The question is how effective will he be? Yeah, and and you hope you can get over it with him and especially the lack of leadership is where Well, they really got to play Josh Sweat. I mean, I I don't like I don't understand like uh, that that's another thing that just that was that was puzzling. The guy got a contract extension the day before and he barely plays over the I like that I don't understand. That didn't make sense. I think you have to see a lot more Josh Sweat. You didn't give him the contract for nothing. He earned the contract. He was playing well. He was showing promise. Put him in the game. I, I play Josh Sweat more. More definitely more than Ryan Kerrigan. I don't know about you, but uh, Ryan Kerrigan has not been no, super, super he, impressive so he, far. He's been invisible. And a few more for you here, Dave. Uh, Eagles-Dallas this week. Obviously, this is a big one on Monday night. How do you think the Eagles stack up, and, and do you think they can win this game? Now, let me— uh, I'm 0-2 in I know, prediction. I know. So be careful with what you select here. We might want you to pick the Cowboys in this one. <laughs> yeah, my predictions have not gone well so far from a prediction standpoint. Your, your prediction two weeks out on the Niners game uh, was not. That didn't. Yeah, that accurate. Did, it, I mean, it looked promising, but again, the head coach just, just 
just was was not he was just overmatched. Dog mentality though. You got to um, have that dog mentality so, to move on. So again, take note of the fact that I'm 0 and 2. So whatever I say here, you should probably go with the opposite. Okay. Um I just I I look at the recent history. Now, here's the thing. I get it. The whole new coach and the recent history thing did not prove well against Atlanta. It didn't. The Eagles kicked their butt. Um Doug Doug's Eagles did terrible down in Dallas. They were awful down there. I think they won one game in his tenure there, and that was the um, in seventeen when they had a big second half. Yes, the year, the year they went to this, every other year, it they were awful down there. The twenty nineteen game was when he uh, guaranteed a win, and then they got beat by like thirty they points. They got there, they got crushed. Um, I don't like the Eagles in this game. Yes, I don't like them. I All just, right. I just don't. You know what? Here, here's why I don't like them. I'm going to go with the recent history thing, and that may prove to be silly again. But this is another reason why I don't like them. I don't like them because I want to see how they handle adversity. And I don't know how, how, I don't know how they're going to do that yet. I don't know how Nick Sirianni is going to do that yet. I don't know how Jalen Hurts and his young playmakers are going to do that. I don't know, right? I just, I don't. I think the losses of BG and Brandon Brooks are significant. Will Landon Dickerson be better than he was last week? Maybe with a week of preparation, he will be. But I gotta, I gotta go with Dallas in, in this one, just for the fact that the momentum's in their corner. They're at home. Their offense is really good. Uh, I think their offense is very good. So, and I just, you know, I, I'll go. I'm going off the score off the top of my. I've been so focused on the bending, I didn't come with an actual prediction of the score. So I'm just kind of going off the top of my head here. I'll, I'll go Cowboys. 27-20 over the Eagles yes. by a touchdown. <laughs> okay. Well. Now, take note, I've been 0-2 in my picks. So, I think you should be happy that, that I'm picking the Cowboys by a touchdown. Well, if you what want is to, the line, it, by the it, way? It's for, three, it, uh, well, I don't know, three and a half, maybe? Well, if you want to amend the pick, you can stop in Monday morning. And no, I, re- it, so. I know. I, I, I know it's pretty I, far out. I, no, I know. I, on- I honestly did come up with the score off the top of my head. I'll probably stick by that score. Okay. So I really don't like the way the Eagles' offense played in that game. It was just, it just wasn't. They weren't sharp. They weren't moving the ball. They, they were forcing. It just didn't. It wasn't. There was no flow to anything. It was the exact opposite of of the Falcons' game, and they were getting crushed in the trenches. Um, yeah, no, I, I like the Cowboys anyway, just because I just, I don't, I need to see how this team reacts to losses. I don't know how they're going to do it. So I was going to go with the Cowboys anyway, but since I'm on the spot, 27-20 Dallas. And one more, Dave. We got we do got to just mention the Phillies here. They get the win last night, three two in ten innings. They are three back of the Braves. I guess this two part question: How many games do they realistically need to win the rest of the week to be in striking distance when they go to Atlanta? And how many games back will they be? When they get to Atlanta and start that series on oh, Tuesday, I think night. they have to win out the rest of the week. Five, I, five. Yeah, I think they have to. I don't. I think losing to Baltimore in that first game was just brutal. You can't. You can't lose two in this homestand. I think you have to win out. Uh, that'll give you at at worst three out going into Atlanta. Now, how many do you think they will win? How many do I think they will win? Yes. Well, they got Wheeler going tonight. They have Mister September going. I guess uh, tomorrow. I like that. Um, September. They have Gib- they have they have Gibson going what set, set Friday Friday Rangers Saturday. Rangers Saturday and then the, and then the awesome bullpen game on Sunday. Uh, I mean, how many will they will they win? If I had to take a guess, I'd say four, just because wow. I know this team plays poorly against uh, against bad teams. I take four. I, I think they'll win four. I think they'll be 
three or four out going into Atlanta, which actually isn't really three or four out because Atlanta has two games in hand. So it's really not three or four. Well, one out. of them they're making up this weekend. They're finishing this weekend. I, I see, like, like I get it though. But that's, that's still two results that are not in their record. Like I, that's and and then they have that game that's possibly after the season that I, against Colorado with Colorado having to travel across the. It put up a big fight for that one. The Rockies. Just, it's just really not in the Phillies' favor. Um, I I think that this is my fear, right? If I'm if I'm thinking worst case scenario, they go to Atlanta three back, right? Three or four back, and they and the Braves celebrate the division against them in Atlanta. Ooh. Like I've been looking at that, I've been looking at that series for weeks out, and I'm going, they're going to win the division in that series. Didn't they do that a couple of years ago? Didn't that eighteen or nineteen? I nineteen. 18 18 they did it in they did it in 18 the the Braves clinched against the Phillies in in 18 um and I think uh, in Atlanta and I think that's what's going to happen in a couple of weeks I think the Phillies are going to go four, four and one over the next five be three or four out say oh well you know this is it we got to sweep we got to you know this and that and so on and so forth but I I just I think that they're going to they the Braves are going to clinch there and it's going to be tough and then you're going to hear all this get rid of Girardi stuff and yada 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 blah 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 when they you know that they need to they need to pick up his option they oh. absolutely need to pick up his option there's unless why, they, unless, why do they need to pick unless up his they, option unless they lose the last 11 games why right? why do they need to pick up his option because you need continuity in that spot and they haven't had it he stinks he's not a good manager he's not the reason that they are what they are the reason they are what they are is because the players haven't performed do you think Girardi wants to come back? That's yeah, another yeah, question. Oh yes, I, I like really? I, I hear that. I, I hear that speculation. There's no. There's nothing that that like again. I don't. I haven't talked to anybody. I'm just looking from the outside, just like you are. But I don't see like hearing his press conferences and seeing like there's no. There's nothing that makes me believe he wants to go back into broadcasting or leave baseball again. That sounds like a guy who wants to keep doing this. What, what is I mean, the context of that bite, by the way? Basically, they were asking him, I don't know, Mike, what was it? They were asking him, uh, you know, what what, do you do, what his responsibilities are or something. You no, know, no, no, no. It was like, how do you get this team ready to, like, bounce back or something? And he's like, well, you know, it's my job to keep at it. I don't, yeah. see, well, I don't see why he would want, like, what is he? Dis, what would he possibly dislike about, about this job? He gets the, he the gets team? The, the roster? Okay, well, yeah, they're not the Yankees teams that, that, he, that he managed. Don't, for, don't for, tell him that about Didi. I for, mean. Se, for several years, but it's still baseball. He's still in professional, and he loves baseball. I don't see any reason why he would want to just stop. I don't, I don't view him as a quitter, that's for sure. Uh, you know he's not he's not he's not an old man, so I you know I I still think he has energy to him. No, I I think he wants I I would think he would want to come back, especially if they like if if they don't make the playoffs. I would feel like he would like to at least end on a stronger note or end his time in Philadelphia on a stronger note. And I don't see any reason why the Phillies shouldn't bring him. Really, like who 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 are you gonna like? What are they gonna? Who are they possibly gonna replace him with? Who? Uh, like who? Does there anybody out there that you look at and you say, "Oh, I want that guy to be the manager"? I don't know, but I know I don't want Girardi to be the manager. Well, I mean, it's pretty much pretty much that simple. Dave, the answer to that is Gabe Kapler. Yeah, He'll, there you go. I, I I hear that he's doing rather well in San Francisco. I I hear that they're going to the playoffs and they may win the best division in the entire sport. He, oh, and they also have the best the best team record wise still. I think in in Major League Baseball. Sure do. Ninety eight wins. So they do. right. So I. I, I hear that he's doing rather well in San Francisco. I don't think he would want to come back here. I don't. 
where where I hey, no, look, he's, he's not. He, I think Mike was joking. I, I look. I, I, I know. And I know Mike's joking. I'm just playing along. Okay. I I criticized Kapler a lot when he was here, but I can't take away from the fact that he's the National League Manager of the Year. He's done a great job, right? Right, Mike. Right, Gabe. Yeah, I know Gabe's around here somewhere. Uh, Gabe, Gabe, Gabe has to be here somewhere. He's a regular on your show. He is. I mean, we do a Gabe. He's Kapler a regular on the big day. on the Big Daddy Overnight Program. Yes. Gobble those balls up. There, there you go. Gabe well, has joined the show. Dave Uram, KYW News Radio. What do you have coming up this morning, Dave? Uh, we're going to talk about the Ben mess. We're going to have Philly's reaction. Bryce, JT, Girardi after last night's game. Highlights that big play at the end by JT. Oh, and Merrill Reese with his daily hit at 7.15. Okay, sounds good. Well, th- uh, th- thank Love you it. for joining us. Dave Uram, KYW you, News Radio. Uh, we'll talk to him uh, next week. An emotional uh, warrior. <laughs> David, I see you there. <laughs> David, uh, thanks for hanging. I promise I'll get to you right after the break. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Padres announced they've uh, designated Jake Arietta for assignment. Interested? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. Yeah, that's that's disappointing. I did see that. The Padres uh, designating Jake the Snake for assignment. What do you think, Mike? Is that it? Does that close the book, as they would say, on uh, on Jake Arietta's career? Nobody's going to sign him, right? I don't think so. And remember, his previous two seasons, one of which was only 60 games long, ended with him unable to finish. Yeah, that's true. Um, and this year, unable to finish for a different reason. For just performance for, reasons. Performance-based yeah. reasons. Um, yeah, I think we've seen the ne- the, the last of Jake Arrieta. Um, and and uh, no, we won't miss him. Nobody, nobody's going to miss Jake Arrieta. Well, you don't see him uh, at Philadelphia or you know Philly's alumni days in the future. No, I don't. Th- I have a feeling that Jake Arrieta is not going to be going on to the Wall of Fame. Um, and I, nah, a little shy. I don't see any reason why we would celebrate the 2018 through 2020 Phillies teams. <laughs> like, what, what would that? What, why? Why would the Phillies ever celebrate any of those teams? Can you think of one reason? I'm trying to. Uh, trying to think of something here, why they might end up doing that, and I, I can't. Think I can't of either. No. Yeah. So I think. Well, they, they, I mean, they bring back alumni of losing teams. Like, yeah, just, just for, uh, yeah, just. It's randomly. not like they only bring back the 08 and the, uh, you know, the '80 team. That's true. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I have a feeling Jake won't be back anytime soon. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Talking about Ben Simmons and. This situation that has just turned into a complete disaster. And you kind of knew it was headed this way after the postseason. Um, the way that series ended, we knew that Simmons' value uh, was going to take a significant hit. Um, but I thought the Sixers would be able to get a deal done. But, you know, the value's just not there. And if the value's not there, I don't think the Sixers should trade him. Like, I, I will not, I, I don't think it serves their best interest. And the organization's best interest to trade him for a discounted price. And if he wants to sit out, he wants to stay home, and he doesn't want to come play, and you know he, he doesn't want to come to camp, fine. He can sit at home, and 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 
he'll he'll come back eventually. I mean, he's not going to sit out all year. He's not going to retire. Um, and eventually, maybe his his value goes back up. But I don't think it makes sense at all for the Sixers Sixers to trade him below market value right now. And uh, I hope Daryl Morey doesn't give in uh, because it's 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 not it would not be a smart decision for the organization uh, to give Ben Simmons what he wants right now. If you're not getting an offer that you feel is worth uh, that w- worth that price, two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Let's go to David in Germantown. David, thanks for hanging, man. I appreciate it. Yo, David. Yeah, I'm here. Hello? I'm here. Oh, gotcha. What's up, David? How's it going? Hey, um, I'm kind of on the Angelina side with this, and y'all got the perfect drop for this whole situation. That dumpster fire thing with the trash can and all that, and it just blows up in your face. But I just think they let it fester too long on the part of training camp starts next week or the week after. I'm not sure, but I know it's close. It starts Monday, I believe. Not, yeah, but just don't pay him. Why, why give this more ink and press than it needs to be already given? I mean, it's quite, it's already quite manifest that it's amicable situation. He doesn't want to play here. He doesn't want to be here. No matter what you do, you're not going to force him to come here. He went and bought a house in L.A., if he doesn't want to play, his agent, he's got an agent. Let his agent figure it out. But the agent and Maury don't get along either. So there are, uh, to me, there are a lot of underlying situations that are manifesting themselves. But to disturb it with a disturbance like this going into training camp, you know, what do you do? Yeah, I mean, so so what do you think they should do, David? Do you, do you, would you just trade him now for whatever you could get for him? Well, personally, I'm petty. I'm not going to trade you. If <laughs> right. I trade you, you get your win, you win. Right. I mean, I'm petty. I'm the type of person that, you know, we playing a game and it's not going my way. I think you cheated just because <laughs> I didn't win. But in this situation here, man, I don't know. How do you not? <laughs> it's, just, it's weird. It's, it's really weird. It's almost like he's forcing the hand and the owners and ownership, the NBA let the players dictate now. So it got to this far where he sees somebody else force the hand harder force the hand. Okay, well, why can't I force the hand? I'll take the, I think personally he's well off. He doesn't care about the money. It's the principle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like basically he wants to say, I told you so. You think not playing me is hurting my is hindering me? No, actually I'm comfortable. I don't have to do nothing for a whole season. And if you want to play this out another year, another year, another year, that's fine. But you think he'd really sit at home and waste those years of his prime? That's what that's where I disagree. Like I don't I don't think Simmons would do that. I don't think he'd just sit out for, for the prime of his career. Well, all that Facebook, whatever, taking pictures of the house. Now, I'm gonna give you a scenario. Because personally, I think he did this on purpose. Meaning, if you look at this if you look at that that, that game, he sabotaged the team. He didn't want to make the dunk. He didn't want to dunk it. Basically, he passed it off. Was like, if you think you're better than me, here you take the shot and make it. Yeah. I personally, in my, yeah, I personally think he disregarded the basket. I don't think he wanted to go no further in the playoffs because he wasn't getting his way. So, if we don't go to the playoffs, then I got more time to debate the situation. Let you guys figure it out. Yeah, David, I don't see it that way. I don't think he was intentionally throwing the a, a game or anything like that. I just think he was terrified. I think the the strategy that first Washington had employed and then Atlanta had employed of sending him to the free throw line, I think it all stemmed from the free throws. And he was terrified to go to the line, and he didn't want to touch the ball, and you know he, he was worried about getting fouled, and I think that was really the root cause of all his problems. If he was worried about getting fouled, 
what is he doing now? This is the ultimate foul, right? This is like foul foul, meaning you're not going to play, and you're comfortable with sacrificing yourself for the team. He's not a team player. If he's not making ink press headlines, I don't think he's personally involved mentally. No, I, I no, I, I got you, David, and I appreciate the call. And I, I do think, and this is what's frustrating, and why it is frustrating that Simmons never addressed this issue of his game because I defended him for a long time in terms of the jump shots and not needing to shoot threes and uh, you know shoot within the flow of a game. But I always thought that the issue that he had that was going to be his fatal flaw if he didn't correct it was the free throw shooting. And it all goes back to the free throw shooting where you can see at times he can be effective when he doesn't shoot if he's being aggressive and he's driving to the basket and he's going to the line. I mean, we saw it. If you look back in the playoffs, look at game two against Washington where he struggled in game one at the line. He went 0 for 6 from the line. Comes out in game two and is aggressive, is attacking, and uh, was was very effective that night. But, uh, you know, once they started employing the hack of Ben strategy, and it started in Game 4 against Washington, where the Wizards started doing it, he was never the same player after that. And once Atlanta started doing it, and you get deeper into the playoffs, and there's less room for error, he wanted no part of having the ball in the fourth quarter. I mean, he took three shots in the fourth quarter the entire series. And it all goes back to the free throw shooting. And that's on him. Like that, That's on nobody else but Ben Simmons for not improving an area of his game that you should be able to improve with practice. And you should be able to improve with work. And the fact that he was either unwilling or unable to do that is on nobody but himself. It's not the Sixers' fault. It's not Joel Embiid's fault. It's not Doc Rivers' fault. It's not Daryl Morey's fault. You know, and, and Ben can deflect as much as he wants. But this is on him. This is on him more than anybody else. And he's trying, he can make it about other things. And that's what I think he's trying to do. You know, you hear, oh, well, it all goes back to the James Harden rumors. I don't believe that to be true. Like, I just don't. After those rumors, he came back and he played and everything was fine and they had a very successful year. What happened was that he was terrible in the playoffs, he broke down mentally, and now he wants to blame it on other people again. Instead of taking the accountability, going back and realizing his flaws and getting better. And he's just never going to change. It's going to always be the way that Ben Simmons is going to be. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. And uh, we'll back, get back to the calls in, in a second here. But Stephen A. Smith uh, kind of said a similar thing in regards to Simmons. And they were talking about it on, on first take. Here was what Stephen A. had to say in regards to uh, Ben Simmons. Let me be very, very clear. I'm not surprised it got to this point. I think we all knew Simmons' days in Philadelphia were numbered last year as the playoffs played out. And I reported a month ago that he was going to do this. Refuse to report to training camp. And now we're here. It's official. Ben Simmons isn't going to play for the 76ers again. So says he. He'll probably get his way too. But good luck to the team he lands with. Because at this particular moment in time, we can only say you'll be getting a good player. But not one willing to do what is required to be great. If Ben Simmons developed a free throw shot, not even a jump shot, he'd average 25 a game. 
He's that gifted. He's that special of a talent. His problem is he's scared to shoot. And the 76ers and the 76ers fan base is to blame? And you don't want to come back because you can't deal with them? That's a heart check, ladies and gentlemen. That's a heart examination right there. It ain't about skills no more. Because this brother is LeBron James part two. If he develop any kind of jump shot or even a free throw shot. That ain't about skills. That's about heart. There's a heart examination that is required now. It's true. I mean, that's what it's all about. And he's not willing to do what he needs to do to be a great player. And wherever he goes, it's the issues aren't going to get solved. And, you know, you'll hear people want to defend Ben, say, oh, you wait. You, you wait till they trade him, and he's going to go somewhere else. He's going to be great. He's not. He's going to be the same guy his entire career because he doesn't have that work ethic. He, does, he doesn't want to get better um, as, as bad as other people want him to get better. And it's a shame because he is a really talented guy, uh, but he doesn't have the heart, and he doesn't have the mentality for it. 215-592-9494. Gary in Center City. What's up, Gary? Tom, I'll tell you something, man. This guy is a disgrace to the 76ers uniform, the NBA, Dr. J, all the old Sixers, Bobby Jones, Moses. Tom, he cannot ever put that uniform on again, okay? If they want to keep him, let him sit on on the seats with with his regular clothes on. He He cannot put that uniform on again. That playoff was an absolute embarrassment and a disgrace. Yeah, and the way he's handling it now, Gary, makes it even worse. Like, it was a disgrace at the time, but for him to to make it now about, you know, it's other people's fault and acting like he's a victim in some way is completely ridiculous. I, I mean, I, I, if they have to tra- – it's not even about getting anything back, Tom. They just got to – he's a cancer. They just got to get rid of him. I don't care if they get a chair for him. He's got to go. He cannot be on that roster come October. Please. But, but, Gary, would that bother you at all, just, like, giving in and giving him exactly what he wants? Wouldn't that bother you that he'd be getting exactly what he wants out of the whole situation? He's such an embarrassment to our franchise. Tom, I'm older than you. I've been through a, a lot of teams. I mean, the guy, that's he is not what Philadelphia is. Philadelphia is hardworking. I'm up every morning at 4 a.m. You are. This guy is a, is a prima donna. His parents ought to be – it's a disgrace. His parents ought to be ashamed of themselves of what they raised there. I, I hear you, Gary. I appreciate the call, man. Thanks. I mean, the way he's handling the situation is a disgrace. There, there's no doubt about it. Like, uh, And I just it, – it's such a disappointing end to not only his tenure, but, but you know, who, who knows what this is going to do to the organization. And it's, it's so frustrating when you look at this organization that, that for 20 years, really, I mean, has been pretty futile. I mean, not even getting to a conference finals, not uh, getting over that hump, going through the painful, painful years of the process that we thought would yield uh, great success. And, um, you know, I think it could have. I really do. Uh, but Ben Simmons didn't hold up his end of the bargain. Joel Embiid did. Joel Embiid got better. You know, he improved in the ways he needed to improve. Uh, ben Simmons d- didn't hold up his end of the bargain, and now he wants to run away. And it's it's really a shame. And it's very similar to the Carson Wentz situation. I really think it is it is extremely similar where, you know, these are the guys that failed, but they want to blame other people, and they think things will be different elsewhere. And you can see it with Wentz. It's not any different. Like, it's going to be the same thing 
where with him in Indianapolis, and it'll be the same thing with Simmons wherever he goes, um, because he's not going to change and he's not going to improve. He's ever had every opportunity, and and he just doesn't. He does not have the mentality or the heart to do it. Let's go to Gerald. What's up, Gerald? Hey, how you doing? What's going on? Listen, my thing is, who's going to want Ben Simmons? After all this controversy and everything with him being uncoachable and stubborn, I don't see a team that will want to even touch him. I think there are teams that would want him, Gerald, but not teams that are going to give up You know the types of things the Sixers want. At this, at least at this point, not until he goes back out and plays well and raises his value. I mean, the Sixers right now can't get a deal uh, that they think uh, would help them in a significant way. Well, I guess it just remains to be seen. Has anybody even tried to touch him or showed any interest or even, you know, tried to reach out? I'm sure there are teams. I mean, there are teams that have reached out. There are teams that have called. I mean, Minnesota, Cleveland, Sacramento, like all of these kind of teams that can't attract a big time free agent have called about him. But uh, you know, they don't really have players that the Sixers want in return, and that that's a problem. Okay, appreciate yeah. the call. No, appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Gerald. And yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, there are offers out there. But nothing the Sixers want. And if there's nothing you want, like, I would rather hold him and I'd rather, you know, make him come back and play and raise his value. And Simmons needs to understand that if he really wants out, that's the best way to get out. I don't I don't think this is going to work. And who knows? We'll, we'll see how this thing ends up playing out. But I don't think, you know, this strategy of I'm going to make this thing ugly and I'm going to sit at home and I'm going to pout. I don't think that is going to to be something that's going to work out for him in the end. I don't know if he's threatening to make it ugly. I just think he's saying that he's no longer interested in playing. The, uh, well, I mean, this is making it this is making it ugly. Like he could come back and he could come play, and then you know you could quietly try to work on a trade. And I mean, because there's no, this is being inactive. It's, I don't know what's ugly about it. And when you're holding out a training camp, that's making a situation ugly. I mean, this isn't something you see regularly the, in the like, NBA. The, like the Davis and Butler things, those were ugly. You, you know? don't think you don't think Simmons sitting out a training camp is making the situation ugly? No, cause just because it's it's away, like it's just out of the way. Like yeah, I mean they'll be asked about it the first day of media day, and then there's really no reason to ask them again. And then it's just kind of over. And then until until there's a trade, until they find a a match point with either them moving off their point or somebody else, you know, giving them a little bit more or, or a lot more, you know, then it just won't be a thing. It'll, oh, I don't just I, be in the background. I don't think that. I think this is going to be something that's going to be asked about every day. So the, the Sixers play the Cavaliers on a Tuesday night in November and they're asking Embiid post-game what about Ben Simmons? If I mean, I don't know if they'll ask him them post-game, but like during training camp, they're every day they're going to get asked questions about you just know, the first day, just the first day. And then when, you know, that's it. What is, what is there to ask beyond the first day? Because that's going to be the story is where's Ben? Like, have you talked to Ben? What's going on with Ben? Right. If you, if you don't think yeah, that's going to no, be. It will all the first day. But you'd think after the first day, everybody, the journal, the reporters are just going to so ignore the fact that Ben's not there. So 17 days later, they're going to be like. Hey, did Ben leave anyone a voicemail today? Like, like we're it's not going to come up again. They're going to keep asking about, you know, or is it a, a distraction that Ben's not here? I mean, they're I, going to say no. We're not dealing with it. We're not talking to him. So it's not 
Like it's not in our minds. Yeah, I, th- I, I mean, I disagree. I think that's going to be the story. I think it's going to be the story. Old it'll it'll be camp. a major story the first 48 hours, and it's, uh, there's nothing more to it. Yeah, I, I, I just disagree with that. I, I, I think this is going to be a distraction that's going to linger. I don't think this is going to be something that, okay, we get our questions out the first day, and then we'll just ignore the fact that, that the second-best player on the team's not there. I just don't think that's going to happen. Where's it going to come up again? I, I, I think they're going to ask Doc Rivers every day about it. Like I, I he's gonna keep saying no. I haven't talked to him. He didn't answer my call. Yeah, and they're gonna keep asking him. I mean, I don't. No, they're not. We'll. Th- uh, I'll, I'll bet you a bagel. I'll bet you they're asking him a week into camp about Ben Simmons. I don't think these questions right. are gonna stop. I'll double off of my Joe Judge bagel. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. But yeah, I think this is gonna get ugly, and I think it's uh, it's gonna be something that's gonna follow this team. But I also don't think that should be a reason for the Sixers to give in and trade Ben Simmons. Uh, for a, a deal that they don't think is worthy. 215-592-9494. Fred will get you when we get back. We also got to get our week three NFL preview before we get out of here, so we'll do that coming up as well. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. A few more uh, minutes here. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494. If you want to get in, it's my last time on before Sunday, actually. So we will do our Week 3 NFL preview coming up in a few minutes. Uh, but talking about the Ben Simmons situation right now. Uh, we're talking about the Phillies earlier, if you're just getting up. Phillies win last night 3-2 to two in 10 innings. Um, so they keep their season alive for the time being. Braves win in Arizona. So uh, Phils remain three back of Atlanta, and they need to be within striking distance, obviously, when that series gets started next week. Tuesday, uh, Phils start in Atlanta five games before then. So they have one more with the Orioles tonight, and then four with the Pirates from Thursday through Sunday. Uh, I think they need to at least win four out of those five. Um and, you know, uh, they've struggled beating bad teams. So the odds of that happening uh, don't seem to be great. But uh, Phil's need to take care of their business this week. Hopefully they get some help out west. Uh, has not happened so far in Arizona. So talking about that, talking a little Eagles-Cowboys. Not too much yet, though, uh, as this week hasn't really kicked up. And um, a lot of Ben Simmons talk. Is Ben Simmons uh, apparently not only not coming to training camp, but never intends to put on a Sixers uniform again. Um, and it's gotten ugly. I just, I would not trade him if I was the Sixers right now. I don't think it serves uh, their purpose to trade him while their uh, while the value is so low. I'd hold him. I'd call his bluff, let him sit out. And eventually he's going to come play. And the best way, both for Simmons and the Sixers, to end up getting a deal done is for him to come play his value to go back up, and then they can get some offers that they actually like. But right now, I don't know what Ben Simmons doesn't understand about this, but uh, teams don't value him very highly. And therefore, the Sixers aren't getting the kind of offers that they want for him. And it, they're under no obligation to trade him uh, if they don't feel like they're getting value. So uh, I'd call his bluff. If he wants to sit, let him sit. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Fred in the Northeast. What's up, Fred? 
Hey, what's going on, Tom? What's going on? Tom, I, I think you hit it right on the nose. It's a mental thing with him. It's completely mental, and, and a lot of guys got to understand, like, this guy's not from the U.S. He's from Australia, and we're in a social media area, and he's just reacting to everything. He's really ashamed at how he plays. He just doesn't know how to go about handling it. Instead of getting better at his game, he's reacting to these posts. He's reacting to these anonymous sources. And he's throwing a temper tantrum like a demon. But I understand because he's, he's never been to the public. He's, he's never he's, – he's not one of us. He's not one of our guys. And, and I kind of expect a lot of guys like this. I would not trade him. I would change his access to the building. He wouldn't even be allowed to get in the building. You want to sit home, you sit home. When we figure something out with you, then that's what we'll do. Until then, you'll sit home. Your locker will be changed. You won't have access to the building. We're not going to BS with you, kid. We can't get anything for you. You don't want to work on your game. There's nothing we can really do here to help you. Send you to a psychiatrist maybe, but he might end up like Markel Fultz. This guy might be mentally done, and it sucks because he's a proven talent. That's the difference between him and Markel Fultz, but... I'm getting a lot of feelings that I had when we had this situation with folks, a talent that mentally just couldn't handle the pressures of the league. No, Fred, no, Fred yeah. and I was going to say, no, I think you, and I'm sorry, sorry Fred, i got to let you go. That's a weird, weird echo there. It was, wasn't that odd, Mike? We don't, you don't usually hear an echo like that. Only the, at the tail end, right? The, yeah. 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 Well, when I started talking, yeah, but I, yeah, I talked to him earlier and didn't hear it. So that was odd. Because we're having a whole conversation. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so that was weird, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's a good point. I think a lot of it is, you know, his own embarrassment and him not really knowing how to handle it. And I think it's I'm telling you, I think it's very similar to the Wentz situation where, you know, these guys were at crossroads of their career where they could have gone back and been introspective and realized that not always everybody else's fault. Uh, you have a role to play in this as well. And, you know, I thought Simmons really had an opportunity this offseason to go back, work on his game, expand his game, and come back an improved player. But instead, he made it his priority to get out of town. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to end up being to anybody's benefit. And I don't think this situation is going to end anytime soon. I don't. I don't think Daryl Morey's going to give in, uh, nor do I think he should. Uh, so without further ado, I do want to do our week three NFL re or NFL preview here as uh, this is my last show of the week and we'll look at the games here uh, this week and start with the Thursday night game are you jacked up for this Thursday night game Mike we got uh, the Panthers at the Texans very exciting uh, Davis Mill that's the kid's name Davis Mills the Stanford kid the the quarter yeah he's playing quarterback for the Texans now I think that's his name Davis Mills Tyrod Taylor got hurt Right. Yeah. Uh, Hamstring, right? Yeah. So Davis Mills is starting. Panthers giving up seven and a half on the road at Houston. I like this Panther team. They're 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 kind of spunky. You've been on the I have on the, been uh, both weeks. I wish I had played the Panthers last week. I did like them plus three and a half against the Texans, but uh Panthers minus seven and a half in this one at Houston. Uh would you lay the seven and a half here, Mike? I, I'd be a little a little hesitant. I probably nah, would not on the road. No. Not, Not even against – yeah, Houston's been competitive. They played They played tough last week at Cleveland. Um, but, uh, you know, what? with Davis Mills at quarterback, I would lay it. I'd lay the 7.5 with Carolina. Uh, Arizona at Jacksonville. Arizona 7.5 point favorites as well. I really like this game. I'll take Arizona minus 7.5 here. Hmm. Um, yeah, Jacksonville's probably like weeks, even 
maybe months away from being like competitive in games like this. So yeah, I'll take that. Okay. Uh, Indianapolis at Tennessee. We don't know the status of Carson Wentz and his uh, two double spra- ankle, <laughs> two sprained ankles, which it's still funny to me. Um, but Titans five and a half point favorites at home. I mean, I guess you can't really do a- anything with this until you know more about Wentz's status. But uh, you have any take on this one? Yeah, same thing. Yeah, until you know the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, tr- yeah. Uh, Ravens at Detroit. Ravens giving up seven and a half on the road. I'll lay the seven and a half with the Ravens here. Even maybe a little bit of a letdown spot. Just beat Kansas City. Maybe this game's closer than expected. But I don't know. I'll play the odds here, and I'll, I'll, I'll say Ravens cover that seven and a half. A little bit of a letdown for the Ravens. I think, Ravens. I think they win, but uh, fail to cover. Okay. Bills hosting Washington. Bills giving up eight and a half. I kind of like Washington to be competitive here, and I think that line's a little large uh, for this one. I'll take Washington to cover that eight and a half. They were, you know, way more explosive offensively than I uh, expected them to be with Heineke. The Green Lizard. Did you know that's his nickname? No. Yeah. Why is that? I don't know, but I've heard uh, I've heard that's what he's called. It's a pretty cool nickname, Green Lizard. So uh, I don't know where. I'll do some uh, investigative work, find out where that comes from. Uh, Mike, your Pats. Hosting, oh, this is a real conflict for you. You got your My Pats. Pats with Coach McDaniels yeah. versus your quarterback, Jameis Winston, in New England. Uh, Patriots lay in the three. I have no feel for, for, for this game at all. Um, I, I guess, if anything, maybe I go over here. 41 and a half on the over-under. Maybe an over. Where's this game again? It's in New England. Okay. Um, I think... Belichick can uh, scheme a way to confuse Winston in his sleep. So, uh, okay. I'll take the pass. You're souring on Jameis a little bit, aren't you? Um, yeah, I mean, it's been a couple of years I've been down on him. Yeah. Uh, next up, Chargers at the Chiefs. Chiefs giving up six and a half at home. I think this is going to be a tie. I mean, I wouldn't bet it either way. I think the Chiefs come out pretty strong after their loss of the Ravens, but the Chargers always seem to play the Chiefs close. I would take the Chiefs. I, I don't think they lose two in a row, and I think they're gonna they're gonna win this one convincingly. Okay. There, I remember a couple of games with the Chargers the last few years where uh, LA has not been competitive. So I, you know, I think it's a game like that. Okay. Uh, Bears at the Browns. Browns giving up seven and a half at home. I guess Justin Fields will be starting this one. I don't know the status of Andy Dalton at this point. Seems like it though. Or you know, it's leaning that way. Right. Um. I don't know. That half point scares me a little bit. I do think the Browns win probably by, by like a touchdown. I probably wouldn't play this one either way. Yeah, I don't, I don't trust Mayfield and the Browns. And plus, like, you know, they're a tough team to uh, root for covers because if they get ahead, they'll just, you know, run and right. they, they don't get, like, they don't win big games or by, you know, big leads, I should say. Right. Uh, Bengals at Steelers. Steelers giving up three and a half on the, uh, at home. Um, I don't really love this one either. The Bengals did not play well last week, but I could see this being like a field goal game. I don't think I'd take this one either way. Burrow was really, really bad last week. Yeah, like, but... Was, you know, and against like not that great of a defense. It's pretty concerning. Yeah. Uh, so you like the Steelers here? Yeah, I think they bounced back. Okay. Uh, Giants hosting uh, the Falcons. Coach Judge trying to get his first win of the year against Atlanta. Giants giving up three... Um, I don't, I, I don't want to have any interest in this game, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't look at this game either way. Giants get on the uh, in the win column on the board. Okay, 
Dolphins at the Raiders. Raiders giving up three and a half at home. I like the Dolphins here. I know they haven't really? played very well um, so far this season. I don't know the status of Tua, but this is like a classic Gruden Raiders letdown spot. Whenever you think the Raiders are are turning a corner and they're going to be good, they have a disappointing loss. I kind of they like lost the this game last year. It, you know, it was around Christmas time, but they lost this game last year. Right. right, that was the game where Fitzpatrick made that throw with his face mask being grabbed. Yeah, uh, uh, Nelly had a big touchdown too, right? He did. Yeah, uh, but it, still, it didn't save them. So, no. uh, I'll go with the Dolphins here. I think the Dolphins might win that game. Uh, Jets at. I'm the- going with the Raiders, and I'm especially going with the Raiders if two is playing. Okay, my my bad. Oh wow, that that that's a big uh, little little sneaky shot at two there. I don't think I I don't think two is a starting quarterback. Okay, well Jacoby Brissett did not play well last week, and he that surprised me because he's a pretty good player. I feel like yeah, he's you know, all right. He's he, probably you know one of the top three backups. He's competent backup. Uh, Jets at Broncos. Broncos giving up ten and a half at home. Man, I don't know. That's a that's a big line for a, a team without an explosive offense. I might take the Jets for a cover there. Ten and a half's big line for the Broncos to have against anybody. <laughs> what do you think of this one? Yeah, I, I don't think two gloves is going to blow anyone out, so Jets. Game of the week here, I think. 425, Bucks at the Rams. Uh, Bucks one and a half point favorites in L.A. Give me, uh, give me Tampa here. I think, uh, I think Tampa goes and makes a statement uh, against Sean McVay and the Rams. I'm going to take the Rams. Brady really had a problem with this defense last year. I think they're... A little better, a little bit more, uh, you know, fresh so far this year. So and I think Stafford, too, gives them, you know, an advantage to go. Uh, if this game goes in a shootout, they'll hang with them. Okay. Uh, Seattle at Minnesota. Seattle giving up one and a half on the road in Minnesota. I kind of like the Vikings get their first win of the season here. I don't see them starting 0-3. So. They're, ho- they're hosting Seattle? Yeah, the Minnesota's they're, at home. Yeah. Um, no, I just think this is a bad year for for Minnesota. Like they they blew their chance to win that game, and I I really, I you know I think it's a chance they go like five and twelve. I guess it would be, and you know it's just a disaster year. So I'll take Seattle. And Zimmer was your pick as first coach to get fired, right? I said yeah. I said that I okay. thought it could be a value pick. It might, you might have a shot at that. Thank you. And then the Sunday night game: Packers at Niners. Niners giving up three and a half at home. Don't love this game either way. I think uh, I think the Niners probably win uh, a close one here. I'm not a huge believer in the Packers this year, so I, I'd go Niners there in that game. Yeah, I, I, I agree. The, I think the Niners, um, they're kind of due for finally winning this game against them. It seems. Well, actually, no, that's wrong. They usually blow them out. Um, but, yeah, trench-wise, I think they're, they're just stronger, and um, Green Bay's offensive line isn't quite healthy yet, so um, I think it's going to be an issue. It's going to be exposed this game. Okay. Well, uh, that's our week three preview. We'll obviously wait and preview the Monday night game on Monday morning, Eagles-Cowboys. So we will talk about that more then. And I did want to give you real quick before I get out of here, I'll give you my uh, UFC pick for the weekend, big UFC card on Saturday night, which I'll be able to get home and watch. And you've got the Phillies taking down the Phillies game at four, and then I'll be able to get home and watch this one. Uh, I I like two fights in this one. I I do a little parlay. I like uh, Robbie Lawler over Nick Diaz, a a battle of two like older guys who are back. Diaz is fighting for the first time in six years. Uh, Lawler, uh, an older guy as well. I'll take Lawler in that fight. And then in the the headline uh, fight of the night, 
Um, Alexander Volkanovsky against Brian Ortega. Uh, I like Volkanovsky to defend his featherweight championship uh, and retain his title. So I like Lawler and Volkanovsky for the UFC card. And the obviously my UFC pick is so boring that um, it, it was almost interrupted. The station over um, overrode me uh, for talking a little UFC, and rightfully so. Uh, so that'll do it for the show tonight. Uh, thank you to Mike Angelina for producing. Um, next up, we'll talk to Al for the Overlap Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 